Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. the spotlight i'm jeremy lambert that's steven jensen shout out to big dick mlj for the intro as always it is thursday august 10th we got a lot to talk about we got a great interview uh airing at 11 a.m eastern today with the sister of one cody rhodes teal rhodes is on the creator spotlight in the creator spotlight on the spotlight later on today that was really fun that uh we recorded with her last night so everyone stick around check out that interview jensen how you doing buddy Doing good, man. Doing good. Good to see everyone here in the chat. Good to see you as well. Um, yeah, been a been a pretty been a, been a much better week than last week. Last week was miserable at my job. I was talking about that last week. This week's been a little bit better, so that's been good. Um, went and saw the Ninja Turtles movie last week. Same. Also, same. Let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Who cares about wrestling? Let's talk about that real quick because people trickle trip into the show here. I listen. I'm like a massive fan of like the OG movies, like the '90s movies, the live action. Um, Ernie Reyes Jr. is like one of my favorite actors ever. I just got his his action figure too from the Secret of the Ooze movie. Like, um, nice. he was you know he was you know in Surf Ninjas and stuff. He was like a bit like our age. Like he was in a few pretty big movies for like when we were growing up. So I was really big into him. I still am. He's he's on Team Diaz. He cornered Nate Diaz during the Jake Paul fight. Like it's so crazy. Like that that kid is now in the Diaz uh, Team Diaz, which is just so wild. But like, 
Um, anyway, I saw the new, I, I had every reason in the world to go into this movie thinking like, cause I didn't like space jam too, you know, um, I didn't like the Jane Silent Bob reboot. There's been like stuff that's really kind of been like ruined for me. Like, like stuff that I love that they've tried to reboot or like make sequels of like way later. And I'm like, Oh, this isn't for me. I get that they're what they're trying to do. I'm not going to like hate on it as bad as other people, but like, it's not for me. A lot of these reboots and stuff, this Turtles movie, I thought was great. Like, I'm going to go see it again in theaters. Like, I love the animation. I love the story. Like, um, they made some some small changes to, like, some of the backstories from, like, the movies and the cartoon that, like, we grew up on and stuff. But not changes that was, like, took anything away from it. It's kind of modernized stuff, which the, you would expect them to do, making a new movie for, like, a new generation of kids and stuff. So, like, personally speaking, I really, really liked the, the new Ninja Turtles movie. I'd recommend people see it. And I saw it in the... Uh, I saw it in, in Dolby, which made it even better because, like, you know, the surround sound with, like, the, like, the, the, like, vibrating speakers and stuff kind of around you and stuff like that. Like, it was, it was a, it was a really good experience. I really enjoyed the movie. So, I, I'd recommend people check it out if you're a Turtles fan. Same, same. Uh, we went on Monday to, to go see it. Took the kids to go see the Turtles movie. And we don't go to a whole lot of movies. In the past two years, we saw... The Minions movie last year, we saw Mario this year, and then Turtles now. Those are the only three movies we've gone to in the past year. Uh, Mario's fantastic. Mario's fantastic. Mario was Mario was very good. Yeah, Mario Mario was very good. But, you know, movies are expensive, uh, so it adds up. But we went to go see the Turtles movie, and yeah, really good. It was – the kids enjoyed it, which is the biggest thing for, for us. But, like, you know, as adults, there's a lot of, like, adult humor, adult references – and stuff that uh, you know was was popping me as well. I love the the soundtrack as well. To it, oh, they yeah. played Annie Up. I my favorite. I love Annie Up. I love that song. Um, I love in this context. You know, it's like a montage of them like beating people up and like being good guys and stuff. Like Annie Up is about like robbing people. Um, they they played No Diggity at, at one point and during like a uh, another montage, and No Diggity is about you know banging uh they they played uh i like it raw as well so like the soundtrack was very was very geared towards adults but like it's it's very it's very hype music i mean no diggity's not super hype but uh any up certainly is and so for the montages it works i was like oh this is this is a very adult soundtrack on this yeah the animation was great i love that i like that they had like actual like kind of teenagers for the voices and stuff um the the person who played april o'neill or the person who voiced april o'neill is from the bear i love the bear so mm. i thought she was fantastic as well overall uh, a very very fun movie whether you are a kid whether you are an adult i i highly recommend it so if you have not seen it go check it out yeah for sure i'm happy that we both agree on that and that like it was a it was a a reboot of something that i really love and like I had, like I said, I had every reason to go into this, like with bad faith, like expecting it not to be good, like expecting not to like the changes and all this stuff. I went to it like, you know, kind of like with low expectations and dude, I, yeah, I, I definitely, I would definitely recommend it. It was, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm probably going to see it again. I have the AMC like movie pass thing that I pay for monthly. So like, I, you know, that's why I go so often now, but like, yeah, I mean, movies are definitely expensive. That's why I've done the past. Cause like, it just way cheaper if you go even like once a month to just like do it but anyway that's 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 my uh that's my two cents uh new turtles we're seeing 
So that's our that's our other spotlight, part yes. of our other yes. spotlight, Ninja Turtles, sure. and then we'll talk about Jake Paul and, and Nate Diaz in our our other spotlight. There as we go. Well. <laughs> uh, let's get into some actual wrestling here, everybody. Let's let's start with uh, well, we'll start with the story, the story, the story, the story. I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. It was a good night at the Steven Jensen household on August 5th, WWE SummerSlam, as Cody Rhodes defeated Brock Lesnar. He overcame the beast, and then Brock, in a showing he is a kind man, showing he is a caring man, shook Cody's hand, adhered to the code of honor, the, the code, the Cody Rhodes of honor, and then raised his arm, gave him an endorsement. Jensen, I imagine you were you were celebrating, you were crying happy tears for for this one. You you shot off the pyro in the house. Hopefully, nothing got burned down. Now, what what are your thoughts? on Cody Rhodes conquering the beast. So I'm obviously very happy to see that happen. Um, it was a definitive victory, which is something that I was very um, clear that needed to happen. You know, I was hoping for the submission win, you know, but Cody getting a clean win after three crossroads, pin one, two, three, no controversy. That's just, that works just as well. Um, and it gets over even more so the fact that like, he's going to pin Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania this year. So like, that's just get, get used to that visual crossroads pin one, two, three in big matches. Um, I, I think it was really cool that, you know, at least triple H is saying, or, you know, they're, they're all kind of like saying that, that, that Brock that like wasn't planned between Brock and Cody at the end of the match, which uh, we talked with Teal, <clears throat> excuse me. We talked with Teal a little bit about in the interview all here la- later, but, um, you know, it's a really, uh, I, you know, it's interesting because, like, Seth Rollins carries around this world title that, like, I think Seth's doing a great job, by the way. I really can't say anything bad about Seth. Like, he's mega over, like, the people with his theme song and all that stuff. Like, he's, I got nothing bad to say about Seth Rollins. But um, that title he carries is not as important as beating Brock Lesnar right now. I just, it, like, they, they've made it seem like the Brock and Cody stuff was more important than that title, like, this whole time. Because even Cody's saying, this is my key to getting back to finishing the story. Like, he clearly wants Roman. He clearly wants the WWE title. Now, where things are kind of heading towards, like, after like, after I saw Raw, you know, it looks like Shin, probably Shinsuke and, and Rollins next, which I really like as well. I love Shinsuke Nakamura. So, like, this is all really good stuff that I've been seeing. I, I actually watched Raw all the way through on Monday, which I haven't done in a long time. Wow, you I'm watched the, the episode <laughs> all the Raw, way through. You didn't even... You didn't even do that when you were there live. You left that yeah. Cody. I left. I left. I left during the live show in Atlanta after. Yeah, not long after Cody. That that also has a lot to do with like Atlanta traffic sucks, and I just didn't want to deal with it. But like, um, that said, um, you know, I think they're setting up some good stuff. But it also makes me think that there's a possibility Cody might even win that title first, and then the real finishing the story would be like the big unification of everything, like. Why not throw a fourth title in there, like in the mix with what Roman's carrying and just, you know, consolidate everything at WrestleMania this year. Like maybe they'll do something like that. I don't know. But the point is I was, I was, I was happy with how things went for, for SummerSlam for Cody. Like he won the trilogy. He definitively beat Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar raised it. Like who, 
when has that ever happened before where Brock Lesnar like held up his hands opponent and was like giving him like the cheer this guy, you know, like that. I, I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, so I can't think I mean, of it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's massive. I mean, Cody's the guy it's clear. Cody's gotten the endorsement from Cena, the same kind of thing where Cena came out and like raised his hand in front of the crowd. Now Brock's done it. I mean, if the rock comes back, they'll probably do it for Cody. I mean, like, you know, that's just, just didn't work so well the last the... time. Didn't work so well. The rock last, last that time was a totally, <laughs> that was a totally different scenario that we were in back then with Roman and him. And, and, but it's funny because it's the same, it's the same uh, city, uh, Philadelphia um for pencil for uh for wrestlemania right because like that was when the royal rumble was whenever that's why i also think in the back of my mind i'm like will they do roman and rock instead because they can if they can get roman and rock they 100 percent will. they will and especially like the tie-in there like he got booed in philly at that royal rumble the two of them now it would be the two of them in the main event of wrestlemania in the same town cody's gonna get boxed out again anyway just yeah what what are your thoughts on SummerSlam? i thought i thought it was a giant w for cody and the uh the nightmare family which is all that really matters when it comes to, to WWE and, and Steven Jensen's world uh, of the WWE. Uh, I, I thought it was a good match. It, Brock just beat him up the entire time. And then Cody made his comeback. He overcame the adversity in the match. A definitive win for Cody is always good. I never thought the submission was fully in play, especially once there was no like stipulation sort of announced that that kind of geared towards that and typically like cody's smart enough to where he's he's gonna get a submission hold over before he just like breaks it out randomly probably oh it's gonna tap brock lesnar so the figure four was about the only thing i could have seen working there and i didn't think they were gonna go that but three crossroads you can't get more definitive than that jensen i'm worried you're setting yourself up for this wrestlemania 40 disappointment here how mad how mad would you be and i'm not doing this to troll you wwe might do this to troll you they do cody and roman too and roman wins again i've thought about that um because then they could even try to set it up where like there's a trilogy at wrestlemania between cody and roman and like cody'd have to go for it a third time the next year or something um or maybe they just give if up they on do, Cody doing If they that. do Cody and Roman three straight years at WrestleMania, people were sick of Roman and uh, Brock for three years. We're going to do Cody and Roman for three years? I'm not saying we're going to do that. I'm, just, I'm, I'm I think Cody's going to beat him at WrestleMania this year. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty... I mean, Cody did go for the Kimura, though, on Brock. I mean, he didn't really have him, like, too much danger. But, like, you know, he went for it. I thought that would have been pretty cool if he actually, like, beat him with his own submission hold. But Brock should have passed out. Yeah, I, I like him getting pinned better than passing out, though, personally. Like, he wasn't able to kick out. I'm good with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's really where it's at with uh, with Cody, right? Now, now it's really just, like, the killing time between now and the Royal Rumble and figuring out how this is all going to work and also just praying that none of this has to do with the return of Bray Wyatt. Like, just, just keep Bray Wyatt completely away from Cody yeah, um, so what's what's next for Cody? Because you mentioned the Shinsuke and, and Seth, and that's certainly what they looked like they were setting up on Raw with Shinsuke knocking out Seth. Cody was in the main event. He was part of it. Does he do stuff with like Balor or Priest? Judgment Day is a big factor on Raw. He's already worked with Dominic at Money in the Bank. So is that the, the direction they go with Cody? That's what I was thinking. Probably either Damian or Balor for like the next big singles match for him. Um 
Damien, I, I like, I really like the idea of him and Damien, but I've, I, I know I've seen him like Cody pinned Damien not too long ago. I remember seeing that. And then also like Cody would win the feud. I don't love the, I actually, I really don't like the idea of the money, in the bank holder, like losing over and over and over again with the briefcase, but it isn't, that isn't a new thing for like that, that happens yeah, they, often. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah like I, I kind of, literally every year. Right. And I'm just saying, I'm like, I, I, right. You're, you're right. And I, I just don't like it. You know, it's just like, same. It just seems like the opposite way of building a champion, but I could see that happening. Um, I personally like to see Balor and, and Cody and like just a really solid, like 15 minute pay-per-view match, you know, just straight up match. And you have some shenanigans from the judgment day or whatever, but I can see maybe something like that. Cause especially because the judgment day is so over and they're on like every show and stuff. And like, that's like, that's probably the biggest thing Cody could do to, to kind of, I don't want to say waste time because it's not wait, but you, you know what I mean? Because the other thing is too, that we haven't mentioned. And I even, I swear I said, I said this too. My buddy Mike Hughes comes over for all the AEW shows. He wound up coming over for a collision and um and SummerSlam over the weekend. And I turned to him before the Cody and Roman match, and I swear to I swear I said this too. I said, My biggest fear, even bigger fear than like The Rock you know, stealing his spot or like, you know, him losing even at WrestleMania, my biggest fear is Roman gets hurt and something happens to where he has to vacate the title or he can't compete. Like, and also, I mean, we saw Cody go out for a long time with the peck and stuff, like stuff happens. But like, I specifically said, I really hope that Roman, like Roman has to stay healthy. Like that's a big factor in this too. Like, you know, so, and then we find out Roman got hurt during the match and like, it doesn't sound like it's that serious, but like now I'm getting, and that also makes me think he's just not going to defend the title much until WrestleMania either. They're probably going to sit there and just wait. Well, I know he was, I know he was, but I'm saying like, I think he's going to defend like against like solo. And like, that might be it before WrestleMania. I think it'll depend on the severity of the injury. Obviously. Um, we, we talked a little bit about it on, in the weeds yesterday, but it'll depend on the severity of the injury. But I brought up that like, he'd only wrestled three, four times since WrestleMania. This, the match against Jay was his first singles match since WrestleMania. It was his first title defense since WrestleMania. He had the two tag matches outside of that. He had the Bloodline Civil War and he had the Night of Champions match with, with Sammy and, and Kevin. That's it. He didn't defend the title much anyway. I think they were possibly, potentially setting up a four-way, uh, a Bloodline four-way, maybe Survivor Series, Maybe you stretch that to the rumble. I don't, I don't know. I know there's, uh, there was the report that one person in creative wanted, uh, Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso at WrestleMania. I don't know who that person in creative is. I can tell you this, this is factual on record. The Usos want that match at WrestleMania. So it's not surprising that, okay, that this is a direction that they might go in. Can you stretch that until WrestleMania? That's a tough, tough stretch right there to, to go all the way to not do a singles match between those two until April. Like that is a very long time to hold that off. I don't know if they can do it. And if they do, it, the beats might get repetitive on there. So yeah, as far as Roman kind of get repetitive, right? Like, with the yeah. it's like, it's like, I know that they've been doing different turns and stuff, but it just feels like they're putting a hat on a hat constantly now where it's like, Okay, like where's the next twist? Where's the next twist? Like how? Like this should have all Cody should have won at WrestleMania. You can do all of this afterwards. Like that, that's what it's also backwards when you when you're watching it happen. It feels like 
the best here's the thing the best bloodline stuff is typically when they've kind of been challenged by other people um yeah and, and don't get me wrong the, the jay uso stuff going into SummerSlam was was good the the bloodline civil war all of that stuff was really good but it was also if you were you know watching three years ago it was a lot of the same beats from three years ago it's just solo was a new element to that now we're kind of hitting those same stories and then you you have solo in there now but he's been there and now with jimmy and jay you're kind of hitting the the same stuff that we kind of touched on three years ago during the pandemic and again the stuff with the bloodline the stuff that was good over the past year was when sammy was part of it they could they could play off of sammy when, when cody was kind of coming to them and challenging them that's sometimes my my issue with the bloodline is like i understand it's it's bloodline it's family all of this stuff but like somebody's got to step up and be like hey I want this belt as well. Like you guys are not the only people around here who who can just hold hold all, all this title, hold all this time. Sheamus is doing it in media interviews, but that's the the stuff I, I want to see more than just okay. Let's do bloodline match after bloodline match. Um, but it seems like they might do a four way at some point. I would assume the challenge is Cody at WrestleMania, unless they get the rock. If they get the rock, they get the rock. You're not sorry to Cody, but you're not overstepping the rock on that. If that happens, if they can talk Austin, I think that should be a fear, Jensen. If they can talk Austin out of doing something and Austin steps to Roman, because that was a rumor for this year is Austin could could be there. And then Austin has said that, you know, uh, his show kind of got in the way of training and everything, but he wrestled two years ago. If he can come in there and do something, they'll put him in over Cody. Oh, I think that that should be another fear. But at some point, somebody's got to kind of step into the bloodline. I suggested the New Day just because there's a lot of history between New Day and Usos. Woods uh, pro likes to say in media interviews, I beat Roman or Roman never beat me type of thing. Seth is an easy one that I just don't think they'll ever revisit. And these guys are on Raw, so I brand split, whatever. Uh, but I would like to see the bloodline kind of interact with other people. And I don't know where it goes without Roman right now to turn this all back into, into Roman. He's hurt. I don't know when his next scheduled title defense was. I imagine it probably, he probably wasn't wrestling until Saudi anyway. Saudi's in November and then survivor series. Is he going to be healthy in three months Four, yeah, three months. I would think so. I would like to hope so. If not, then maybe he doesn't wrestle until rumble. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and speaking of, you know, the brand split and all that, like, does, you know, we saw somebody on Raw this past Monday who's normally on SmackDown, Jeremy. Your you guy, your favorite wrestler. My guy. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk right about that or, like, is there anything else you want to talk about with Cody and, and Roman and Brock? Because I think that's pretty much, like, it pretty much covers it. Like, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, I mean, it'd be nice to get more people involved in challenging the bloodline, but... I think it's it's wild because the storyline pretty much peaked at WrestleMania. Like they've pretty much tapped out like most in I shouldn't say the most interest in it, but like I feel like even the fans that were like ride or die, like this is the best storyline I've ever seen. Even now, a lot of them on Twitter or like or on X are like, um, they're like, hey, this is like it's like this is getting old. Like this is too I, much. People. Now. People will say that, and here's what I'll kind of counter, is they said that after Drew, after Sammy, after Cody, and then they do a segment 
they do one of their cinema segments and they turn it all back around on things and then people are like oh man this is so great and you know they praise it again look at they called back to this they called back to that they tied up this loop all these guys are very smart paul Heyman is very smart when it comes to like putting this stuff together you can make jimmy turning on jay make sense whatever whatever path you decide to go on he was jealous he wants to be the tribal chief whatever he was told by the elders whatever path you want to set that on they can make it make sense whether or not you it's the best story to you that's your own personal opinion i'm speaking in generalities here Uh, that that's your own personal opinion but they can make it make sense i think and this is me personally i think what people are sort of tapped out on is the match this is a 40 minute match that did not need to be 40 minute match. And like all of these matches feel the same. They're just elongated to where no one cares about the first half. You wait for the interference. And in this one, you thought, Oh, maybe there will be no interference because that was tribal combat. But then there was interference and then they did the turn. And did it feel a little shock value? Yes. Could they have held off done it at a later time? Yes. I would have been much happier this match. First off, if it was cut in half second, If Roman just beat him, I had no disillusion of Jay winning this match. You just give me some near falls and and Jay, it makes it seem like, oh, shit, he might win type of thing. But then Roman kicks out and Roman just beats him. I didn't need Jimmy screwing him over. I didn't need Solo interfering. I would have been fine if Roman just won and moved on. Every match feels the same. It's the same match every single time. And I think that, hey, this is me personally speaking, I think that is what... That's what I'm burned out on. Okay. I, I don't want to speak for everybody else. Sure. That is what I'm burned out on. Yeah. I think that's super. I think a lot of people are like that, you know, because this was the first time that I can remember. And I could, I could definitely be wrong because I don't follow it as closely as, as everyone who watches, you know, every Raw and SmackDown and stuff. But like, this is the first time that I can remember throughout pretty much this whole process where like when Jimmy turned and that reveal happened, the crowd was just like, yeah, like we saw this coming. Like, you know, it was, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, it just fell flat. And then like, they looked at each other for forever before he kicked him. It was just a weird, it just didn't, it just didn't hit. Like, I think they were planning for it too. And they can, they can salvage it, of course. Now that said, I did tweet about this too. And I think this, this is also another theory worth considering, Jeremy. Jimmy Uso turned on Jay because he knows that the person to beat Roman should be Cody. So even even Jimmy knows like he he did it for Cody he did it for the people so um yeah I I don't know man I they, they're once again we're we're still like seven months from WrestleMania or whatever like they have a lot of we're gonna see more turns and twists and maybe more family members yeah I saw um randomly I saw Jacob Fatu tweet something about um that had to do with the bloodline like I can't remember exactly what he said but he said something that I retweeted the other day that was like very like very wink wink towards like he's looking at the bloodline kind of thing like you know there's other there's other members of this family who are good wrestlers who aren't currently signed to the company who they could potentially bring in i always thought i thought it would be interesting not necessarily to see him wrestle but you know manu is in that family and he was a part of the legacy with cody for like a super short amount of time and i thought even that'd be like an interesting person to bring in for like a promo or segment or something and like you know just because they have he has history with cody like whenever cody and roman starts like gearing back up and stuff um in in in, i saw manu in a in a recent i think he was on the the hidden 
most wanted treasures or whatever show that is i the rikishi episode i'm pretty sure he was he was in that um and stuff so like um i just want to throw that out there too like there are other members of the bloodline who could be introduced still um there's of course elders who you know could reappear and stuff like that um so there is more and then of course the rock being like the main one of course um but so we still got like half a year to to, to, to chug along here and i'm sure there's going to be a lot more cinema and all that stuff along the way so um we'll see uh you know once again we're in a spot where like roman's still the champion and he's not going to lose that title and he's, he might not even lose it at wrestlemania like you said he might retain again for all we know for all we know vince is sitting there literally saying like this he's beating bruno like we're i don't care what happens he's holding this thing like we need to rewrite history and like roman is going to be our guy in the history book so we have this other title that Seth has. People can win and lose and challenge for that thing. But Roman's holding this thing for the next, you know, you know, forever, basically. Another thousand so, days. Yeah, I mean, for for all we know. Um, you know, so you know, I'm one of those people where after what happened last year and in, in the main event of WrestleMania, like obviously I think if they run it back again, like they really, really, really need to pull the trigger on Cody before like this becomes a problem. Um, cause he's over and like, he's your guy and like, he's ready. And like, you're not going to have him forever either. But I also don't have like super amount of confidence about that. He's going to win. Like I, I, after, after what happened last year, like I can't, like I, it was, I was so sure Cody was going to win that match. And so many people were, and for him to lose, like it's very possible it happens again. It very, it is, especially if there's like a, some sort of hint of like, okay, WrestleMania comes around. We're going to do Cody and Roman. And then, like, they get closer and closer to the show. And then all of a sudden, they find out, like, The Rock is going to be good for SummerSlam or whatever. And they're like, okay, well, we can't, like, Roman's going to hold on to it then because we got to do Roman and Rock at SummerSlam. You know what I mean? We just, there's, there's, there's other factors too, which could throw this off. So, and also, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's honestly, it's a curse having this other Seth Rollins title too. Cause it's almost like this excuse to where, like, if they don't want to go with Cody and Roman, they could be like, okay, Cody, well, you can still win the title. You can win this title, you know, but it isn't the same thing. So, well, Cody, Cody has said that as well. Cody has said that like winning that title, it's not the same. Everyone knows why he's here. And he said, but he's also said that if I win it, it's cool. It doesn't deter from the actual story. Now, whether or not you believe that, whether or not you think that is true, whether you think that, oh, well, he won this title. It's kind of a consolation prize. Will that take away from when he wins the WWE title? I don't know. I, I think most of the fan base will be happy if he wins the World Heavyweight title. We'll understand that's not his ultimate goal. And then we'll be happier when he wins the WWE title, if he wins the WWE title. I agree with that 100 And I think that's very, like, I, I actually mentioned that earlier in the show. Like, I think that that's, that's a, a very strong possibility that Cody wins the World Heavyweight title first. And then they do, like, champion versus champion at WrestleMania for, like, all four of the titles. But yes, that's what they, they, need. <clears throat> they, they need to just uh-huh. unify everything again. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's what's crazy. Like the tag team titles are still unified, and I know uh, Owens is hurt and stuff, but, um, but you know that's but but the the problem with doing that with Cody with that title, and it's it's not even really a, it's a problem, but it's a problem that's already happening. It's like people already don't view that as on the same level as Roman carries, and it's a, how could they? It'd be impossible to the, the title. Roman's had this belt for over a thousand days. It's the WWE Championship. It has this all this history and lineage, like. It's, it's a different thing. But if Cody won the world heavyweight title and just kind of held it there on his shoulder and he's like, 
yeah, this is cool, but like I'm trying to win the real title. Like the title that he's carrying doesn't really mean that much, right? It feels kind of like the Intercontinental title did back in the day where it's like, yeah, I have this. This means I'm next up for the one that matters. It is kind of a weird look to have a world heavyweight title that you're really just using as a stepping stone for the better world heavyweight title. Cyclops better than Logan says people say the bloodline peaked and they're not interested every other pay-per-view, but the numbers and the attendance keep going up. I will agree that the match redundancy is a problem. Yeah. Like we are online. We're perpetually online, probably too much. And we see the complaints and everything. I I said the same thing. I was like, people say that after every pay-per-view and yet they find a way to turn it around and still get people invested. And the numbers do continue to grow. All the numbers support this at some point will they fall off maybe i mean we'll we'll see what the the smackdown rating is like this week we'll see what payback numbers are like but i imagine just WWE is a hot business right now and bloodline is certainly at the top of that but yeah the the match stuff to me that's the biggest issue right now i'm fine with all the cinema stuff getting all these performers are good enough to where they can carry it to where they can make it make sense but i need a little bit more out of out of these matches and somebody asked um it was it was bonkers lfc i believe uh your thoughts on cody hitting brock with the steps and not getting dq'd that happens pretty often with the steps right like there's certain things around the ring that they generally don't really dq you on right like the steps and the announcer table and like the i mean but i'm with you though i mean i could see the the theory behind like because also excuse me also to be fair cody also had that match with brock when he had the injured wrist and he was just like using his cast as a weapon the whole time. What you're saying is Cody's a cheater and he should have lost both of those matches. I'm saying Cody's a liar. And we'll talk to Teal about that a little bit later, but, um, but no, I, uh, I would say I, 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 I'm not, I'm with that line of thinking though. I, I, I understand because I get like that too about certain stuff. Like, you know, um, there's certain things, especially when it has to do with like rope breaks and certain matches and stuff like that. Like no DQ matches that like use rope breaks and stuff, you know, like it just doesn't make sense to me. You know? So like, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, I think the ring steps are generally kind of like, kind of like gray area. People get thrown into the ring steps all the time without getting DQ'd, but I, we don't see people get hit in the head with them too often, I guess. Um, like in a match usually happen during like a segment or like a beat down or something. So I'm with you bonkers. So Cody should have lost, is what Steven Jensen is saying. Should have lost by DQ. That's what I heard. No, I disagree. No, you just said you agreed with Bonkers. Well, no, I agree. I agree with like I he threw he threw a scenario out there that like I could understand that line of thinking is what I'm saying. Like oh, if I, I thought if, if this was a legitimate sport and this was a legitimate referee and he was in there and he saw somebody hit somebody with a foreign object being the steel steps to the head or to the shoulder or whatever he hit him wherever he hit him like that would be. I can understand that really funny story. Very quickly. This is very, very fast story. I knew a guy, well, I shouldn't say I knew. I I was like a friend of a friend of someone who, um, so this guy, like he was like, a he was, he's, he's our age. Okay. And he, this was probably about 10 years ago. So he would have been like in his mid twenties. Um, maybe a little earlier, probably early twenties when this happened, he was like a, like a baseball umpire. Like he did like, 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 uh, rec league baseball umpiring and stuff and you can tell you're saying like really really seriously and i found out that he was using that experience in in umpiring to parlay that into professional wrestling refereeing he went to go train to be a a pro wrestling ref 
And he came back from his first day. Once again, this guy was like 20 when this happened. He came back from his first day and told like my friend who like was explaining all this to me. Because I know who this guy is. He's like, a, once again, he's, he's actually the cousin of somebody I grew up with, a friend with. He went to this thing for the first day. And like, that's how he found out like how wrestling was like scripted pretty much. <laughs> Like, he went to train as a referee, and they started telling him, like, where to be and, like, how to do things and, like, how to tell them what to do as they're doing it and, like, how to count correctly. He went in there thinking he was going to, like, he was going to, like, hold down court and, like, count the three and, like, be looking at the shoulders. Like, he he went in this thinking he was going to referee professional wrestling, and he pretty much found out. Like, he knew it wasn't, like, completely real, but, like, he thought, like, he didn't realize the referees were, like, telling them, like, the time cues and like where to be in the like for their spots and all this stuff and it like totally ruined it he quit the refereeing almost immediately he's still a wrestling fan though luckily i see i see him in random chats still um every now and then i'll see his name in like a in like a chat for like a website or something so he's still a wrestling fan but i thought it was wild i was like dude imagine this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Being 20 years old, going into into the world of doing it and then that's when you realize like oh damn like this is way way more like planned out than i realized but you know, it's, it's kind of crazy you know whose game it is steven jensen yeah i know whose game it is oh hey night it's his game jensen he was he won the slim jim battle royal he was on raw he confronted the miz they had a elongated promo segment and you are going to say nice things about L.A. Knight, Jensen. Go for it. Huh. So, wouldn't the wouldn't the, like the right grammar be whose game it is, not whose game is it? 
Because that sounds like a question, not a he says it wrong. Anyways, so the um nice things, Jensen. Okay, so all right, here we go. So LA Knight, I um I did not watch SmackDown. I did hear that he had a little difficulty doing a superplex. I guess he jumped up to the top rope and might not have hit it correctly. Yeah, he but, jumped up. It, they 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 redid the spot. It's cool. It's cool. And then and then and then and then he hit it against Sheamus. I saw him do it in the battle royal. He almost yeah. slipped there, but like he he recovered. So like that was really good. And then after the match, Jeremy, it was it was great. So I went on Twitter afterwards and I found that he he got a promo um, after the match where he got on the microphone and he uh, he had this really um, unique promo that I've never really heard before. He said, let me talk to you. He explained to me what a battle royal is. Um, and then he said that he is a Slim Jim like Randy Savage because he was holding a Slim Jim and you know Randy Savage is synonymous with that. And then he told me what his name was and said, yeah, so I definitely... That was that was earth shattering stuff. Now that said, Monday comes around, right? The Miz goes out there and basically just he's been watching the spotlight. So the Miz basically just goes out there and just says everything I've been saying for like the last few handful of months, right? He goes out there and just and I'm sitting there watching the TV screen, like, like I might as well. I mean, I, I don't have you didn't tweet like me. anything about Raw. And then your only tweet was like, Miz is, Miz is right. Miz is cooking them. Like you were just yeah. praising Miz. I was like, your I only really, tweet about Raw. I really hardly ever tweet about wrestling as I'm watching it. Pretty rarely. I know, but it's just hilarious to me that that was like your only tweet about it. Yeah, Miz is spitting, I think is like all I said. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was. He, I was like, dude, this is, this is, yeah, like like uh, Louisville says in the chat, bars. Yeah, that's right. Bars mitzvah. Shout out to my boy BLP Kosher. He just put out an album called Bars Mitzvah. There's a Jewish rapper out there that's killing it right now. He's so good. Um, I might actually see him live in a couple weeks. He's be in Atlanta. Anyways, the um, the LA Knight stuff. Okay, so he's 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 going back and forth with the Miz. All right, the Miz grills him. He cooks him. He roasts him. He's spitting. I love it. Bars, nothing but bars. Hot fire from the Miz. LA Knight. He kind of like okay. Part of what his promo was was once again just a super low hanging fruit. It's weird that he's like calling. Oh, let me let me explain to you the stuff that I don't like first. He he he's talking about how like the Miz. You know, I'm not like you, the Miz. I'm you know I I don't take any any crap from anybody. You were here years ago. Everyone knows the stories. You getting kicked out of the locker room and you having to change with the fans and all this stuff. That would never be me. I I stand up for myself. Well, the difference with that is, you know, you got to be hired by the company to even be in a scenario like that. And I have a pretty strong feeling that if back in the year, you know, 2006 or whatever, this happened to The Miz, if someone like Chris Benoit and, you know, JBL are in your face, I highly doubt that you would have that same tone. Like, I think you would do exactly what The Miz did to try to keep your job. Um, So I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, um, also, the Miz is the former WWE champion and main evented WrestleMania, like, and won the main event of WrestleMania over John Cena, and The Rock was involved in that and everything. Like, it's really hard for someone with 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 that hasn't accomplished any of these things to come out and like try to roast somebody for like not being worth their their time on their level. Now that stuff aside, Elliot held his own on the microphone. I've been waiting this whole time, and I've been saying it week after week that it was going to be very important for the trajectory of LA Knight to see how he responds to somebody actually going back and forth with him. There's a big difference between coming out and saying the same thing every week 
and the crowd all saying, yeah, with you. There's a big difference between that and like someone else with a microphone saying, hey, man, this is really lame. You're not saying anything. You're not intimidating me. And you're not that good. Like this is like they can cheer you all you want. And, and, and the Miz basically said it. This is a flash in the pan, dude. We have seen this a thousand times. He didn't mention it by name, but he might as well have said, like, bro, this is Rusev Day. Okay? Like, this is this is nothing more, nothing less than Rusev Day. They're trying to make it like the like it's the yes movement. Now they're calling it the yeah movement. This guy is not Brian Danielson. There is a, ma- a massive difference in performers between Brian Danielson and LA Knight. Now, once again, that all said, he did well. I can't, I can't hate on him. I, I'm, I'm hating on specific things about some of the stuff he was saying in the promo. I didn't really agree with, but he came off like a guy who could go back and forth with the Miz. The Miz is very good on the microphone. That is not an easy guy. That, that's a tough test to like have this be his first real back and forth with someone. You got to do it with the Miz, who like, who know, who really knows what he's doing on a microphone. Um, so I do. I want to give LA Knight credit. I, I will. Like I know I tongue in cheek roasted him a little bit there, but that's kind of just on brand at this point i'm just going to do that i think it's funny at this point and i think there's truth to what i'm saying as well i'm not saying it to try to be funny but like coming out of that segment i was like the la night looked a lot better a lot better to me um and once again if they want to push him towards like a u.s title and upper mid card type thing and like see where it goes i'm cool with that it just just it's got to be the kind of the slow progression i think um like i'm not sitting here thinking like this guy should win the royal rumble um or anything like that but there's a lot of people that feel that way um you know so i'll I'll put it out there like i i thought he did well back and forth with the miz i still think if i had to score it i i know you put in the title or whatever on the on the you know that you got cooked if i had to score it i think it was a 10-9 round for uh for the miz still but i think that uh the fact that 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 LA Knight got a got a nine a nine point round in a in a round with the Miz is a is a is a win if you're uh, Steven Jensen right now. So uh, to all you LA Knight fans who think that I'm a giant hater and just you know despise everything I'm saying about the guy, I hope you, you know, I hope you hear that and you go you know what Steven makes some fair points here, but he's starting to come around a little bit. So I will uh, I will keep an open mind. If he continues to have decent promo battles back and forth with other other performers and can hold his own, I will continue to to turn to, to, to kind of you know turn around with this and like I I can become a fan. It's possible, just not there yet. But Monday was a good step in the right direction. I thought it was a, a good promo from both men. I'm with you. I was happy to see LA Knight in a more elongated promo segment because for the most part the hits that he've done he's done have have been the little quick hitter kind of quick roast type type of thing it hasn't been the long 10 10 minute promos that wwe is i want to say built on but certainly have become known for when it comes to this stuff la Knight has done the absolute best and has gotten over the very little kind of time that he has uh that he has gotten in these short little segments. And they clearly trust them to do these short little promo segments. Now he's getting a bigger opportunity with someone like the Miz. Say what you will about the Miz. Like, the like Miz say, what, say what you will about it. But yeah, I got no issue with the Miz, by the way. I mean, both of we, we grew up like real world uh, challenge fans and stuff like I've that. I've got his so first like, piece of merch ever in here somewhere. I've shown that hat a thousand times. Like I've got yeah. his hat when he was on the challenge, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm day one Miz fan. So I have no issue with, with the Miz and the fact that he is still in this position after all these years says a lot. 
and, and say what you will about him. The company trusts him in so many different spots, and it takes a lot to earn that kind of trust. There are people who've been there for a long time who do not have the trust and the respect that, that Miz has. And you listen to a lot of old school people. You listen to his peers. They all got respect for the Miz. So I'm going to take that over fans who don't like him because he doesn't have five-star matches every time out or anything like that. Um, but also, yeah, Miz- really quickly, Miz massive cody rhodes fan throughout that documentary did you did you finally watch the documentary before we i'm not going to confirm or deny if i watch this documentary i'll never give up that info throughout the whole documentary the miz is like is just like cheering for cody like you could just he's like talking about him like he's the coolest guy in the world and like but he came back he like it's so like the miz is the biggest cody fan so i just want to throw that out there too he's he's all over that that's why i like him well, I mean, I like him. I, I liked him before. I was actually a Miz fan before I was a Cody fan because I watched The Miz on The Real World before I ever met Cody. I mean, it's that, that long ago. I like this segment with LA Knight and The Miz. I like that they're giving LA Knight a little bit more substance, a little bit more story, and, and a little bit just more time to develop things on the microphone. And now, look, am I going to be super high on this match? Probably not. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be solid. I don't think it'll it'll go really above that um, because Miz and LA Knight just are who they are as workers. They have their style. It works for them. It's gotten them this far, but they they are not people who are going to go out there and get, they're just not going to have those five-star matches. And that's fine. That is perfectly fine. It'll be a fine match. And I assume LA Knight will win, but I liked, I liked this. Uh, I like this promo battle. I thought it was good. And yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes for them. We're gonna get an actual kind of LA night feud. I assume Miz will show up on SmackDown and, and go from there as well. So we'll see. Yeah. And this is gonna be make or break for uh, for LA Knight. I don't think I don't think fans understand how important this is gonna be for him against the Miz. <clears throat> because Vince in the decision, I mean, you know, he's got a bad back or whatever, but um they're uh whoever the decision makers are in the WWE, right? Like they're there, if, if the match between the Miz and LA Knight, so I'm messing my camera here. The uh, the Miz with LA Knight and the Miz, uh, sorry, if the match between the Miz and LA Knight isn't good, the only person that's going to get blamed for that is LA Knight. Like the like the Miz is a made man for everyone. Wait, company. okay, I agree, but like let's let's define it'd have to be just absolute trash for it to not not hit. Like I think it's going to be very tough for them to have just like an outright stinker of a match everybody nowadays is so good and has just the 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 fine basics with everything and miz is the epitome of that like his basics are exceptional honestly like everything everything he does what he does is always good and la knight is like i'm not super high on la knight as a worker but everything he does looks good he he pulls off the stuff he needs to pull off there i don't expect them to get this if they want to, if they really, if they do want to kill us, LA Night push, make this a fifteen-minute match, and then the fans will probably turn on that pretty quickly. Uh, you give them an eight to ten-minute match, it'll probably be a good match. Like it would have to be absolute trash for them to be like completely turn on things. Yeah, and no, I agree. And I'm, I'm going into this with good faith, by the way. Like I, I mean, I should say that I was like shaking my head, like this is going to be a good match. I don't expect it to be very good, um, but that's also like. It doesn't necessarily have to be, honestly, like as long as the fans are into it, like if they're doing the the stuff with them and, you know, like, I mean, that's really all that matters. Like, you know, if the fans are going crazy the whole time, 
and, and, and Vince and Triple H and, you know, the people in charge hear that. I mean, that's, that's ultimately all that really matters. The Miz is going to do everything he can to make LA Knight look good. This, this, all, this whole feud is clearly set up for the Miz to elevate LA Knight. I mean, so it's like, I, that, that's, that's the intention, you know? So um, we'll see. I mean, they both basically have the same finishing move. LA Knight just looks worse, but it's like. He hit it as a cutter the other yeah. week. But it, but More it's still a... this weird where they're both going forward to get like it just doesn't it doesn't look good. It's a finish that yeah, it's tough to make look great. I think he makes it look as good as it possibly can. When he hit it as a cutter, I was uh I didn't know if like he just forgot what he was doing or what happened <laughs> there. Uh... <laughs> Not what his finisher was. I didn't know. Uh, if, I didn't know if he changed it. If he's like, okay, I'm just gonna use it as a cutter now. But then he went back to the other way where he goes forward with it as well. So I was just like, oh, did he just kind of forget what what he was doing with his finish? Yeah. Just, I mean, just get a better fit. I mean, and, and this, and what, but to be fair though, that's not even necessarily like their decision a lot of the time. I'm sure like the the finishing move is like a decision that's made by between him and the company and has to get approved and every like. So I'm not saying it's even necessarily his fault. I'm just saying like, finisher doesn't look good. Like just, I mean, you know, those are, those are small things that can be fixed. Like just, uh, and that happens to a lot of wrestlers. Remember when Randy Orton used to use the, uh, the overdrive? Oh, that move. I mean, terrible move. And then like he, and then he started doing the RKO and it's like, that's become an iconic move for him. I mean, and that, that went mainstream, the RKO out of nowhere and everything. I mean, LA Knight can easily just, they just need to come up with a better, a better finisher for him. There, there's certain things about his moveset I don't like. He doesn't have very good matches. It just is what it is. I can't get over the the Mountain Dew thing, but also I, that's a lot of the, a lot. Probably most of the blame goes on Bray Wyatt for that. I can't See, like again the fact that line. the fact yeah. that he had that and is still turned out to this level. This that's level? very impressive because he could like, he could have been done after that. He, I yeah. mean, to, be, to be fair, I have to I have to respect the resiliency because like they brought him in basically to be a manager, you know and. I, I got to give him whether I like him or not, you know, I just, and what's the thing, I don't, I don't dislike him as a person at all. I think he's actually a really nice guy. I saw, I saw videos of him like petting dogs at the Cubs game the other day and stuff. I mean, he seems like a good guy. Like, and, and I respect that he's been doing this for so long. Um, So I, I, I will give him credit where it's due. Like, I mean, after that Mountain Dew match, it could have been game. Over. Whose game is it? It could have been anyone else's game. Cause like that was, that was like a career killer for most people probably having to be involved in something like that. Um, and also the, the, to, to be slotted in as a manager. And then that's really all they thought of you. And like to be here right now, man, like once again, I've said it a thousand times about him, regardless of what I think about the dude and anyone else who's kind of hating on him, whatever, do the same thing I talk about with all these other people, just, Ignore the haters and keep on dabbing, LA Knight. Just do your thing. Like, just ignore, literally ignore me. What you're doing is working. Just keep doing it. Like, just because I don't like that, I'm one person. You got you got arenas full of people cheering for you. So, what, what's it really matter what I think? You know what I mean? Andy says, uh, then we're going to move on from WWE. After Sean's report about Heyman and Reigns choosing whom they lose to, I fear they won't pick Cody, even though he's the best choice. I feel they pick Solo. I doubt that. Andy, thank you for the super chat. Um, I think that Heyman, especially, I shouldn't say, I think Roman too. Cause I mean, Roman was a, was a, a dusty Rhodes NXT kid and like Heyman and dusty long history. 
that also plays into the stuff with Cody a little bit more than we probably realize is like, there's a lot of respect for his dad and like Cody winning this title and finishing the story and all this stuff is also an extension of his dad's story that like never really got completed. So like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I think that Heyman and Reigns would choose Cody, but I think that they also might choose their own family members. I think, it, I think that's a, that's a fair point, Andy. Um, I don't necessarily agree. I think it will be Cody, but I'm also the biggest Cody Mark in the world. So I'm going to keep saying that. So. I hope they choose LA Knight. Just that would be, you. I would literally never watch WWE ever again. <laughs> and that's not even no, LA Knight's fault. Like, if they wanted with anyone but Cody at this point, pretty much, it'd be like done. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't think that is an LA Knight thing. I think they could you know, literally pick anyone that's not named Cody Rhodes and you'd be like, all right, I'm done with this company. Look, LA Knight for the World Heavyweight title at some point, I could see. Like, if he stays hot enough and like, especially as a baby face and they have like a heel world champion, you know, I can see it. I just don't want to see it necessarily right now. And I definitely don't want to see it against Roman, but that's the thing too. He's on SmackDown technically. Right. So like, that's but, the I mean, it doesn't matter. Doesn't the matter. Brand yeah. so fake. Hashtag the brand split isn't real. Anyway, we can move on. Well, we do have a, another chat from uh, Cyclops by Logan. If Vince really wants to test LA Knight, he would make him a promo against Cena. Cena is capable of making yeah. anyone have a cry face. And I'd love to see how LA Knight would handle that. Mm-mm. He doesn't. He wants none of that smoke from John Cena. That would be a bad yeah, anybody, idea. I don't think anybody wants the John Cena yeah. smoke. What's also theory of too nowadays? Yeah, that'd be a bad idea for LA Knight. Nothing against, that honestly is nothing against LA Knight. That is a bad. Well, remember when Cena did that with Roman? Like when yeah. Roman was like trying to get over and like he's basically like, bro, you you're struggling right now. Like you're having like you're you're basically saying to his face in front of millions of people watching, like, bro, you're shook right now. Like you can't even remember your lines right now. What, what are you what are you trying to say, bro? He had the rock say? writing his promo on his hand. All right. Yeah. The rock. Yeah. Like the yeah. rock had to write down his lines against Cena. Cena's on a different level yes. when it comes to that stuff absolutely different level that's why i love that man because he's just gonna go in there the fact that like he's revealed like i tell everybody what i'm gonna say before i say it and then it's up to them to kind of combat that the fact that they know and then they still ain't got too many answers scene is on a different level when it comes to just cutting that stuff down love that man all right let's move on uh over a million fans uh and a great number in the demo tuned in and it was a great show and i think it's been a run of great shows last night's AEW dynamite opened with the jericho appreciation society mandatory meeting and in this mandatory meeting everybody told chris jericho to screw off and left and then Jericho said he will make his decision, I guess, of whether he joins the Callus family or sticks with the society next week. What did you think of this promo segment from everyone? And then what did you, or what do you, where do you think this is going with the decision, Jensen? So I like the promo because it's like, they're all just basically just standing up for themselves. They're like, this isn't working for us. All, all that's happened since in the last like handful of months, especially is just like, it's all been about Jericho and like helping Jericho and them getting beat up for Jericho. And, and, and even uh, like Sammy was like, dude, I went, I did a six thirty through a table to sting for you. Like, like I didn't want to fight stings battles for you. Like, I mean, there's all the and Garcia went up and, and danced on him before he left and stuff. Um, Anna J some of the members, it was a little ambiguous kind of were like Anna J in in some like 3.0 those guys they didn't necessarily like quit the j i mean they did but they did like they like they some some of them were harsher than others like when they left i'll I'll just put it that way like i i honestly think that um um 
Angelo and and Daddy Magic should uh like those guys should stay with Jericho. I think personally, like I think that that's a really good act. Um, the three of them together. Um, and I like that the two of them still cornered Anna Jay in the title match. So like they haven't completely imploded the whole thing, but there may be kind of some well, lawsuits from it. Yeah, they appreciate each other, not Chris Jericho anymore. Right, right, sure. So I mean, there's that's fair. So it's interesting to see kind of how that's playing out now. Um, but it was the right time to to get rid of the JAS, in my opinion. It was the thing had run its course. They did the feuds that they needed to get out of it. We've seen Jericho long enough with like, and I and I, I consider Jericho the goat. So it's you know anything I'm saying right now is out. Jeez, what was that? Is out of a. I'm just gonna. Ask, I'm just not messing with my camera. You can see me well enough, right? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, between the beginning of AEW, the inner circle, like he was the, you know, he had that go for so long, and then the JAS. He's been the leader of a group pretty much since AEW started. So, like, I don't know if he necessarily needs to even be in a group anymore. But if he's going to, I love him with the Callus family, and that Callus is the leader of that. Jericho doesn't have to be the centerpiece of the whole thing. He doesn't have to be the the mouthpiece the whole time. He can kind of be the guy to the side along with Takeshita and like whoever else they recruit. And like, that could be kind of his new thing. Um, so I personally, I would have him officially join the Callus family. Um, part of me thinks he might not because like of how long they've kind of dragged the whole thing out and like that they're going to wait till next week to make an announcement. But like at the same time, at this point, like you lost the JAS, the Callus family is a good opportunity. And I just don't see any reason why Jericho wouldn't even storyline or like personally, why he wouldn't want to be involved in that. It just seems like it makes all the sense in the world. So I'm going to, my prediction is Jericho is going to join uh, the Callus family next week. Um, Sorry. My wife walked by and um, <laughs> as far, as far as Jericho goes, I don't think this is, I don't think this is over with Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't think he's going to go with Callus. If the rumor report is true that it's Jericho and Will Ospreay at uh, All In, then it makes sense for Jericho to stay with the Appreciation Society. And then Ospreay is aligned with, with Callus there. And I don't like this, by the way. I don't like this Jericho Ospreay thing because I don't feel it's... I don't think it's the right play. I like Jericho and Omega better as the play. I think there's, and then Jericho could go with Callus, and then we get some sense of, oh, Jericho's aligned with Callus. There's a long history there. Oh, Omega and Jericho. That's a strong, uh, that's a strong match with plenty of history to it. I like that play better. If they go Jericho Osprey, fine. Credit to Chris Jericho for getting getting himself booked in that match. The Jericho Appreciation Society, if it ends like this, and I don't think it is. I think he's, I think he's staying with them. I don't like the ending of this because it feels. I, I think it was Anna who said it, of like you didn't really do anything for us, and like I agree with her. Like Daniel Garcia, he certainly found himself more as a performer, but like he beat Brian Danielson, and then that was kind of it. He lost all these ROH matches, like he. He didn't really get elevated to the level I thought he was going to get elevated to. Sammy, kind of the same thing. Of he was just kind of baseline, just doing stuff. He got they did the pillars match, but then that wasn't even Jericho Appreciation Society tied together with any of that. That felt like a, a whole separate thing. 2.0 is just kind of 
they got more television time, which is great. Anna kind of in and out of stuff. Ty kind of in and out of stuff. And I know she, she's pregnant now. Like, I don't feel like anybody in Hager was there, but I don't feel like anybody got elevated out of it. And I think if it ends like this without a proper, if you don't do a proper Jericho and Sammy match, like, I think that's a huge, huge miss. And I don't think, I don't think Jericho appreciates society's breaking up. I think he's staying with them. I would like them to actually just get, elevate these guys a, a little bit and get Daniel Garcia to kind of a next level, get Sammy Guevara to wherever it's going to go, whether it's a tag team run for Guevara and Garcia, whether it's Garcia actually winning the peer title or maybe even the ROH title, whatever it might be, I would like to see them actually get elevated. But now I'm confused. Are they baby faces? Are they heels? Like if Jericho stays with them, are they, does that make him a baby face? Cause Callus is definitely a heel. So are we doing a Sammy Garvia, Garvia, uh, Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia, babyface run with everything? It's this segment was fine. I thought everybody delivered the point that they need to deliver, but I'm not a fan of the overall story on this. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I can see that it going that way too, where he stays with them and like actually does help elevate them all. Cause like Sammy didn't quit. He, I mean, he did, but he, it's another one where he was, he was all, he was the most confusing out of all of it because he basically told Jericho like, Hey, this isn't working right now, but like I've had your back since day one in AEW. So like, you know, I'm not done having your back. I just need to figure things out. And, but like you said, honestly, the biggest concern of any of this to me, it, you mentioned is Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho absolutely have to have a one-on-one feud and Sammy Guevara needs to beat Chris Jericho one-on-one like on pay-per-view like after after all this time of him being the underling to Jericho in multiple factions and all this stuff like for all this time you know Sammy Guevara sh- he he has earned beating Chris Jericho one-on-one and like getting that rub and like moving on to something bigger um so I will uh, I will definitely agree there um it doesn't matter like where they go with it. You know, Caden in the chat mentioned, <coughs> mentioned uh, uh, Santana and Ortiz maybe coming back and uh, like attacking Jericho with Callus or something. I, I like that idea too. You know, I hope Santana and Ortiz have like figured, I, there was all those rumors about like the two of them having a falling out and stuff. Hopefully they, they figure things out. Cause those guys are, I remember them as EYFBO back in like the, on the indie days and stuff. Like those guys have been, and then of course LAX when they were in uh, impact and stuff like, those guys, uh, one of the best when when they're on, they're one of the best tag teams out there. So like that's it'd be it'd be great to have them back as a team. Um, either you know, Ace Shook mentioned or Ace Shock rather mentioned, uh, you know, maybe uniting them with Kingston. I could see that, or but I do like the idea maybe if, if Jericho rejects the Callus family and then like other members of the former inner circle come out and like attack Jericho and they join with Callus, like that could be interesting. I haven't really considered that. I, that that's a possibility. I don't know. Callus is going to need more people in his family right now. It's just Takeshka. Uh, I I assume Osprey will be part of sure. it in, in in some way. But Osprey is not an AEW guy. Like Osprey is still a New Japan guy. He's not going to be there for every AEW show. Maybe Aussie Open is part of that in AEW. They're part of you know United Empire with Osprey. We'll see where it goes with with the Callus family. At some point, he's gonna need some more members. I would assume. 
I would assume he said it himself that like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to add. And right now it's just one person. Yeah. I don't think Jericho's leaving the Jericho appreciation society. If the Osprey match is true, if they do go with something like Omega, then I can see it because Jericho aligns himself with, with Callus. But then if that's the end of the Jericho appreciation society, then we got to get more with Guevara and Garcia going after Jericho. They can't just be like, Oh yeah, we were, we're done with you. And then that's it. We never go back around to it. I think that's a big disservice specifically to Guevara. Who's been linked to Jericho since the first episode of dynamite. Right. And I'm with you too, with uh, like personally speaking, based on the storylines i would much rather see jericho join the callus family and like him and omega i just have them wrestle again you know like i like i but that that said you know since i am such a jericho mark and i legitimately think that will osprey in the ring is if not if not the best wrestler in the world you can make the argument for the best wrestler in the world like he's he's insanely talented so like i really do want to see jericho versus osprey just because like something I've never seen before. Um, and I don't know how much longer we're going to have to see it. Cause I have no, no idea how much longer Jericho is going to be going for. So like, I do want to see it, but like storyline wise and how we get there and everything, it would wait, it would make way more sense for Jericho to just go with Callus and then them do him and Kenny again, personally. So money Mark says, I assume Kenny is wrestling to catch get all in. I think that is, that the, sounds the like assumption as well. My, in my fantasy booking idea, you do Jericho Omega, at all in Omega wins Takeshka kind of attacks and then you do Takeshka and Kenny at, at all out potentially because you got to book something for all out a week later uh so or you can maybe do a tag team I don't know what Hangman Page is doing at, at all in or all out so maybe you do Kenny and Hangman against Jericho and Takeshka uh at, at all out after you do Jericho and Omega at all in maybe something like that but I you know Hangman is just chilling he's not doing really anything and i don't know what he's doing i assume they'll do some battle royal at all in and maybe hangman earns some type of title shot off of that but i don't know what hangman's doing right now which is uh, a little off-putting because hangman was one of the he was a real pillar of the company like he was the yeah. first big story of AEW, and now he's just he's kind of there uh the other thing from aw last night Rob Van Dam back in the ring, taking on Jack Perry. We're both big RVD fans. Steven Jensen, what'd you make of uh, his performance in this bout against Jungle Jack Perry? I really enjoyed this. I'm really glad um, this happened. I love that Jack Perry came out rocking the Jerry Lynn trunks that, that yeah, year. That was great. That was, dude, Jack Perry as a heel is really working for me. Like, I really like what I'm seeing. Um, he hasn't changed his look. Too. I was afraid he was gonna like cut all his hair off and stuff. Like when he, whenever he made the turn, like he he looks like a badass. He looks like a heel. I hate the music, and that's literally the point. Um, he's really leaning into being a heel. His promos, I think, have been good since being the heel. He's really leaning into being hated, and this was really, dude. Some of the stuff that RVD was hitting on 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 Jack, the way he was selling it was so good. Like. Especially the um, and some of it was maybe unintentional because Robbie Dam hits really hard. But like when when RVD did the thing where you know he does he goes off the apron and does like the spinning kick while uh while Jack's laying on the guardrail. Yeah, that was one of the most brutal looking one of those I've ever seen. Jack's face like swung into like the the guardrail all the way down and stuff. I mean, 
Um, and RVD hit all of his stuff. Came out to walk by Pantera, which I mean, like, that's just another example of Tony Khan being one of us. Like, we have to appreciate that. Like, pe- people that get down on Tony or AEW and stuff, like, for little things here and there, keep in mind, Tony Khan is, at the end of the day, he's one of us. Like, he's going out there, and he, from, from a fan perspective, from a money perspective, he's much different than most of us because he can actually afford to do our fantasy booking stuff like on actual national television like the fact that he shells out for all these theme songs that we just you know he doesn't have to do that but he knows that's what he wants as a fan and because he knows he wants it he knows we want it if tk Um, was a real fan he would have shelled out for his uh rvd's tna impact theme that song was so bad And they were just like randomly like just like five star fox flash. They're just yelling, just yelling these catchphrases and stuff. That song ruled. I don't care so, what anybody that was so bad. That, that song was, was amazing. That was during that weird run where he like won the title and then like they didn't he like he like didn't have enough date sign for like to defend it as as often or whatever. So they just had like him get beat up in the back. No one saw it, and he like apparently Janice, the 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 weapon of abyss, like tore him up in the back and like. I'll never forget that era of TNA. That was such a weird, a weird era. But like, yeah, no, like that theme song was terrible. But so it was, no, it was, it was great to see. I mean, TK is an ECW fan, obviously. I mean, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's, you know, so yeah, hell yeah. That was good stuff. And I, I, I love the match. RVD hit all of his stuff. You know, he looks a little slower, a little older, like doesn't get as much height on some of the stuff. But hell, the guy's in his, in his 40s or whatever, 50s probably, right? Yeah, I mean, he's like 52. 52, oh, man. Yeah, you like, would imagine... You would imagine that he yeah, he's 52. You'd imagine that he slows down. Uh, Dude, I can that age. I can only hope I'm half as in shape as he is at 52. Like even a, a quarter of what he is capable of at, at that age. It's insane. So like he, good good for Van Dam. I I really enjoyed that stuff between him and Jack last night. He clearly still takes care of himself. I mean, he yeah. he, he lived the ECW life large by and large. He just smoked a lot of weed and he always did like the the yoga and everything so he was always in you know good shape through throughout his entire ecw wwe impact whatever company he was in throughout his entire run with that and like he's 52 he's gonna lose a step it doesn't matter how great of an athlete you are how good of shape you stay in father time catches up to all of us and he's lost a step obviously but Still, at 52, went out there, still gave you the bit, bit of nostalgia that if you were a fan like Jensen and I, you were you were hoping for. And for newer fans who maybe have never seen him, it's like, oh, he, he was do he looks pretty good at 52. Can only kind of imagine what he was looking at in his 20s and 30s. So hopefully, RVD gained some new fans off of that, and they go back and they they watch some of that classic RVD stuff because, man, at the time, like we grew up with it, Jensen. RVD was just different yes. than, than anybody else with the, the stuff he was doing and uh, you know, the way he performed and everything. So yeah, it was, it was a nice little throwback. I, I went in with kind of low expectations. I knew Van Dam could still like go to a level. I didn't know what that level was, was fully going to be. And I didn't know how much he was kind of going to be sort of willing to do in the match, but he was willing to go out there and do everything. Jack Perry held his own with, with everything. Um, Good match. I don't know if RVD would be back, but would be mad at it. We still need two cold Scorpio, though. We, we do. still need two cold Scorpio. We need two cold. We definitely need two cold in AEW. We're gonna keep lobbying for that. And uh, yeah, I mean RVD. It's not like he's not staying in good shape nowadays. I mean, he's got Katie Forbes and their friends around. I'm sure that they 
got activities that keep them in good shape. You know, they're those, those, those you see, you see, you see, you see the, you see the tweets. Already I've living. seen them getting kicked off Twitch, getting impact kicked off. Twitch. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't even oh, know that. Oh, yeah. No, this well, I, when... no, I'm just saying, like, RVD is out there living his best life at 50. Like, that guy, I could only I could only hope to be as cool as Rob Van Dam at his age. Like, he's killing it. Yeah, Van Dam and uh, Katie Forbes, when Impact aired on Twitch, they basically had, like, a threesome on Twitch. Yeah. And it got Impact banned on I Twitch. Know, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that's what happened. Yes, it was that what? segment. That segment got them banned on Twitch. How did, dude, there is so much worse than that going on on Twitch. Anyway, anyway, whatever. My favorite, I, my favorite, uh, Katie Forbes RVD thing is when RVD's beaten up. I think it was like Eddie Edwards and Katie Forbes just like twerking just while RVD is just beating up somebody on yeah. the stage. I love uh, that. That's hilarious. Yeah, we need, we need that. Uh, we need Katie Forbes and AEW just like twerking. Well, uh, Katie Forbes is cool just... as hell. Honestly, she might be like a fun interview sometime sometime. Like she's, she seems interesting. Like, um, yeah, they, but anyway, like, yeah, Rob Van Dam is Rob Dan's the man, dude. Like that guy, that guy's cool as hell. So like, he and he cool. is different. He's just different. Like even, even, even back in the day, there was no one else doing like the airbrush, like singlets and stuff with like all the art that he was, just everything was different about what he was doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, massive shout out to RBD. I mean, I hope, I hope he sticks around in AEW a bit. Like they could, they could get more out of him on the show. I mean, he's, he's still over. He can still hit all of his stuff. Like it just has to be stuff that makes sense for him to be involved in. But yeah. Dude, hell yeah. Very happy with how things went last night for him. If you haven't watched the match, uh, go check it out. And, you know, if you're a big time fan of RVD, you'll probably enjoy the nostalgia stuff. If you've never seen RVD, go go watch his old stuff. Go watch the ECW stuff on, on the cock. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. New Japan. Oh, I forgot we had this. I was like, we're just skipping for the bumper for no reason. I forgot we had yeah. it on the topic. Okay. Yeah. No, we have we have yes. New Japan. They're they're yeah. down to their final four. It's Okada, Osprey, Naito, and Evil. And Caden sends a super chat. This is someone needs to take Evil away from Gato. That's fair. I was shocked that Evil beat Sonata. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but it was Sonata's only loss in the tournament. He didn't lose during the round robin stuff. I don't think Evil's winning this G1. Ah, oh, man, he's facing Okada. It feels like they're going Okada Osprey for the finals, which makes sense. But maybe, maybe Naito, like they're, it, they, it seems like they've tried to reestablish Naito a little bit throughout the G1. So I could see Okada and, and Naito in the finals. Regardless, I think Okada is going to beat Evil. Please do not put Evil in the finals. But now Evil is going to get a title shot because he was the only person to pin Sonata during the G1. I don't understand this fascination with Evil. It's just, it's it's not good stuff. And it hasn't been, it was, it took in uh, New Japan through a downturn during the pandemic when they put the title on him. The matches, you don't talk about repetitive matches. Like his matches are repetitive when it comes to the the layout and the structure and everything, it's just it's not good. I Okada is fantastic. I'm not. I'm honestly not looking forward to the match. I'm just not because I kind of just know how it, it's going to go. Hopefully Okada wins. But who do you think is actually going to win the G1 between these four? Well, so first off, I I agree with everything you said about Evil. I mean that it, when he won the the world title, that was like a that was like a like a just like a dark period for for new japan people were like because that was also 
Because, like, people, for for the longest time, people thought Sonata was going to finally break out. And then when, like, yeah. Evil did it instead, everyone was like, what? Um, and then for him to win, <clears throat> to win last night or this morning, whenever that, whenever that technically happened. This morning. Um, for him to win that, because I saw this morning, like, some of the clips from it. And I was like, damn, like, because like, to my knowledge, Sonata hasn't lost at all since winning the title. So, like, this was his first loss since, like, April or whatever. And because that is that when when you won the title was it April I think Something yeah like that so like this is first I mean first loss in four months it's too evil of all people and like you said that'll set up some sort of match between them I as far as the G one goes like I've honestly since the start of it I thought Osprey was going to win this thing um, and he should in my opinion I think it'll be Osprey and Okada. Um, Naito, it's funny you say that about them like rebuilding him. I feel like they do that every single year, though. It's like it's like at some point each year they're like, they "All right, do. it's time to rebuild Naito." You know, it's like every now and then he actually like actually wins the title, and then just like nothing happens, and then they they do the rebuild again, or and just so you know, I I would personally, I'd personally go with Osprey, but like it's hard to pick against Okada when it comes to anything because like he's just he's their guy, so like it's totally i could totally see that happening um i think it'd be a really bad idea to have evil win and that's not even me being a hater honestly i just don't think i'm not hating on him just to hate on him i just don't think he's very good like he's like not that entertaining i don't i don't like the gimmick not particularly good in the ring and and the guys he wrestles are just like way better than he they're like a totally different league than he is he's very character based too when once again i just don't like the character so it's like there's a lot against evil for me, you know, I just not, and I, I know a lot of fans agree. So it's like, you know, I, I personally have Osprey win this thing. That, that'd be my pick. I think it's going to be Naito and Caden kind of says Naito Sonata makes the most sense for wrestle kingdom. And that's where it feels like they're leaning towards on that. Again, they've really yeah. tried to heat up Naito throughout since basically since Sonata has, has won the title, they've tried to heat up naito so i think he's going to win it i mean his his moment came at wrestle kingdom uh, a few years ago and then immediately followed by the pandemic and they they took the title off of him to put it on evil which did not work at all um but i think that they're gonna give him an actual run now that we're we're past everything and i think he's going to end up he's gonna end up facing sonata at wrestle kingdom the man sonata winning Caden just says he's bad yeah. yeah people uh so a shock is saying before evil won the title wasn't he being praised by fans back then i don't remember not that. really i could be wrong no. but everybody was like sonata's the guy sonata's yes. the guy of those two and people were kind of stunned that they went with evil over sonata during that i don't remember evil mm-hmm. getting that kind of praise it was always sonata from my recollection of things i feel the same way but also to be fair i don't follow new i I followed new japan really closely back then but i don't as often nowadays so like the naito sonata stuff and the more i think about with like lij history and stuff and all that like i'm sure um that actually makes a ton of sense i i i like naito i have nothing against him it's just they they're constantly feel like they're like they're in a process of rebuilding him but um I'd be fine with Naito versus Sonata at Wrestle Kingdom. That that makes sense. That'd be a good match too. Feels like that's where they're going. Um, quickly on other because we both watched it. We we both like this kind of stuff. Jake Paul, Nate, D- Nate Diaz. What'd you think of that? Um, I thought Nate looked like he could fight another ten rounds. You know, the cardio is never going to go. But Jake's just a better boxer. Jake Jake straight up beat him. You know, I can't 
talk any trash about it one way or another, honestly. Like, um, I know Nick is calling for a fight against either uh, Logan or Jake now, uh, which uh, I want to see. I want to see Nick get in there in a boxing ring uh, just and... for the hell of it. And he looked bad against Robbie Lawler. I know, I know. Yeah, that's, but, that's where... Um... Like maybe boxing will be a little bit better, but the last time yeah. we saw Nick fight was very sad. It Just was very sad. It was rough. And Nick's Nick's probably my favorite fighter of all time. So like I, that was hard to watch. But um, but yeah, Nate versus Jake. I, it was a spectacle. Like the crowd was super into it. Um, it was a packed house. A lot of people watched it. I thought it was a good fight though. And then Jake legitimately won, which is like another just feather in his cap. Like he's legitimately beaten. Nate Diaz. He's legitimately beaten Anderson Silva. He knocked Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren to another dimension. You know, I mean, like he's Jake Paul's legitimate. People, you know, whoever. Like, oh, Jake Paul beat Anderson Silva. I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jake beat him by decision. Oh, I forgot about that fight. Honestly. Yeah, like he's been like he's beaten like legitimate guys. I mean, like there are, these are all guys who are legitimate MMA, of course. For but Anderson has multiple boxing wins too. He beat Chavez Jr. like a year before he lost to Jake. I mean, like. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Like Jake, Jake's legit. People can hate all they want and not like his personality and all that stuff. Similar to Logan. I get all that. But like Jake, Jake's doing very, very well for himself in boxing. And he legitimately beat Nate Diaz. Yeah, he he easily, easily won that match. Um, you know, Nate, I, I, people are saying, uh, our apologize for finish this. It feels like Nate didn't even try. That's sort of just how Nate fights. Um even in MMA, like, especially when it comes to like the striking portion of things, he's very like, all right, let me kind of throw my loopy punches and everything. There's never been a lot of power behind that. He's never had just like kind of one shot knockout power. And like, if he was going to beat Jake, it would have to just be by decision and accumulation. Um, And you know, that's, he wasn't able to do that largely because he ran out of time. The old Diaz quote of uh, we didn't lose. We just ran out of time. I love that. Yes. Uh, but that that's, that's how it is with, with the Diaz brothers. Like they, that's, that's their fighting style. And in MMA, it works a lot better because one, there's grappling at play and their, their cardio is otherworldly in that. But those accumulation shots add up in MMA and guys tire out a little bit easier in MMA with all of the aspects combined. It's not quite like that in boxing and Jake, Jake didn't even look like he got into a fight, honestly. Like Nate got his shots, but he just uh he just uh you know couldn't couldn't put them away or anything. So yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It's like it's a it's a classic like frustrating DS thing, like you said, where like they went out there, they lost, like like Nate lost, but like he didn't really get beat down and he's just gonna keep talking like so what? Like if the fight kept going, I was gonna beat you and I made a ton of money and this is MMA, I would kill you. So like this wasn't a real fight anyway. That's how that that's how they view it. So, um, anyway, yeah. Then they made Biv- Jake, Jake and Nate, or Nate specifically, probably made more money doing that than he did in any, any of his UFC fights. So good for him. All right, now we'll we'll probably see Jake against the winner of KSI and Tommy Fury since well, they're Tom, fighting. Tommy, Tommy's going to wipe the floor with KSI. It's yeah, Tom, beat Tommy Dez. beat Jake. That's yeah. that's Jake's only loss, and Tommy's about the only uh, a shock asking like his uh jake faced an experienced boxer tommy was the most experienced yeah anderson silva has some boxing experience but even a lot of his boxing experience were against guys that aren't very good that tito ortiz knockouts legitimately one of my favorites that was a free show thing yeah but yeah (laughs) that ruled that was like 30 seconds that was Yeah. yeah that was fantastic um so so yeah we we will see 
Uh, what's next? We got Logan Paul against Dylan Danis. That probably that won't, won't happen. happen. Yeah. Dylan Danis will not show up to that. <laughs> uh, all right, real quick, we got to go on Indy Spotlight. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. Jeff Hardy was at GCW on Friday night uh, in Detroit. He confronted Blake Christian, and then Nick Gage came out, and they showed some mutual love for each other. And Nick Gage says if uh, Jeff Hardy wants to show up and get the pizza cutter, he'll give him the pizza cutter. Uh, what did you think of Jeff Hardy's appearance at GCW? It was cool. It was just really cool to see like him like overlap into that world. I love that venue in Detroit that they that they ran this My Name Is show out of. Um, you know, it's funny because like Jeff clearly not super familiar with the product. Like he came out and he like called it game changing wrestling and stuff. You know, little things like that where I'm like, I don't know how tapped into GCW Jeff really is, but he's such a legend and he's so like. So he's such a hero to like that fan base and to so many of the people that are, I mean, pretty much everyone who works for GCW, I'm, I'm sure grew up a Jeff Hardy fan. So he had a super big reception. It was cool. And also it was, I don't necessarily like this about this, but like Jeff Hardy came out when he, when he, so Blake Christian defended his title in the main event. He's standing in the ring. He basically saying like, Hey, finally I'm closing a show as the main event and like sending y'all home as the champion. And Jeff came out and on the microphone was like, he basically said, like, I don't even know who this guy is. Like, this is your champion. Like, who is this guy? And to me, I was like, oh, it kind of made GCW look kind of lame. Like, the Jeff Hardy doesn't know who the champion of the company is. It's kind of lame. But at the same time, the idea was, like, it's Jeff Hardy. I mean, Jeff Hardy's here. And then Marsha Slamovich came out. She kind of helped uh, distract Blake Christian so Hardy could hit her with the uh, the twist of fate, the little, like, stunner twist of fate version he does. And then, um, and then, uh, it was cool because Nick Gage came out and then, you know, Jeff and Nick, you know, basically said they had a bunch of mutual respect for one another. And Jeff helped close the show off with the MDK off and day thing with Nick. And it was a cool, it was a cool scene. That's why I want to spotlight it. Like, it's just, you never really expected to see Jeff Hardy, like in GCW before it was announced. And then like the fact that him and Nick Gage are sharing the ring and there's a possibility that Jeff maybe does a match for GCW or something in the future. Like I can see it happening, like at least one, uh, and it'd probably be against Blake Christian for the title or against Nick Gage out of like mutual respect or something. And I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought, I thought it was cool to see Jeff Hardy involved in GCW. I don't think we're going to get a Jeff Hardy match in GCW. Um, like the environment would be cool. Uh, you know, I think we both watched the Hardys and the, the young bucks last yeah, night. No, I, I'm with, I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying like the spectacle of it, there's enough shortcuts that they yeah. can do. Like, but I oh, I think, I think GCW. Like, I I don't think Jeff is taking like light tubes and stuff from from Nick Gage, but I do think Jeff would certainly be willing to take do his risk stuff. He's he's always gonna kind of be willing to do that. But you know, the the Hardys are they kind of just are what they are at this point, and it's no it's no knock on them. Like they're they're still over Jeff certainly. Um, but it, it, look, man, that match against the Bucks was uh was just uh you know it was there it was unfortunately not not what i think a lot of people uh were, were hoping for and i ain't blaming the young bucks for that so i don't know if jeff hardy's gonna be back in gcw i'm with you of like hey this is your champion who's this guy not the best look in the world but gcw fans probably don't even care about that honestly they're probably just like yeah 
fuck Blake Christian is more of anything there. So it, it was cool. It was cool to see him in that environment. Whether it leads to anything, I don't know. Maybe you can work a tag match with Nick Gage. Maybe we can see something like that at some That'd point. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and then the other indie spotlight is Marcus Mathers winning the uh, E2 Key to the East Championship. Jensen, your, your comments on this. Yes. Shout out to Marcus Mathers for becoming the new Expect the Unexpected Key to the East champion. Uh, Marsh Slamovich was the champion going into the match. Um, Slamovich was like kind of double pinned by Mathers and Broadway. Like the match was Marcus Mathers versus Marsh Slam versus, versus Ken Broadway. Broadway did like this bridging German suplex and Mathers like came on top with like a, a jackknife pin. So like, it was like, they both held her down for the three count. So we were guaranteed a new champion. Like, I mean, it was an elimination style three-way. So Slamovich got eliminated, came down to Mathers and Broadway. Eventually Mathers hit his 450 on Broadway to get the championship. And um, Mathers is a guy who hopefully you'll hear from soon on the spotlight. Um, you know, I, he's someone who's definitely on our radar and has been for a long time. He's a, he, you know, I've been watching him since he was a teenager and I don't even know how old he is now, probably early twenties, but um, he's absolutely killing it. You know, he's a, a guy who, one of like the main people that like really came out of the H2O school with Tremont and those guys. Um, and he's been doing just great, great work and he's only getting better and he'll be a main major, like national mainstream wrestling star at some point in the near future, like the talents there. And he, once again, he just keeps getting better. So I wanted to give a shout out to Marcus Mathers today on the show for becoming the new ETU key to the East champion. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with Marcus Mathers, I would highly recommend uh, just go on cage match and just, just pick out some matches of his that you see him against any wrestlers you like, or really anything like all of his matches are good singles matches. Tag. He has a great tag team wasted youth with Dylan McKay. Um, those guys are awesome together as well. So like check, check out uh, Marcus Mathers stuff. And uh, once again, congratulations for becoming the new ETU East champion. Yeah, shout out to, to Marcus Mathers. We do hope to have him on the show at some point in the, in the near future. But he's one of those independent guys that if you have not checked out yet, you should probably get familiar with. Uh, Jensen, I know you got to run. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Yes, I have to go clock in for the shoot job. Thank you to everyone who watched today. And thank you to Jeremy, as always. You can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore on X at Fight Talk underscore F-I-G-H-T. T-A-L-K underscore. You can use code Fight Talk. All is one word, no spaces on independentwrestling.tv. Please listen to the spot or sorry, the spotlight. Please listen to the weekender podcast. It's over on fightfulselect.com. Normally record those on Sundays, um, sometimes on Mondays, depending on what's going on on Sundays, like wrestling wise and stuff. So um, look out for that on Sundays, fightfulselect.com. If you don't see it, if you don't see it on a Sunday, check it on Monday because I'll, you, it's almost always up by Monday night at the very latest. latest. Um, Please uh, stick around and check out this interview with Teal Rhodes. Obviously, y'all know I'm a massive Cody fan, so this was a really, really big deal. I'm going to say it right now. I'm not going to let anyone watch it, but I, uh, the, me, me and Jeremy have interviewed a lot of people together, and um, Jeremy knows this, and he can he can vouch for this. I never mess up the intros. Like I do, make a really good point of like doing really good intros for people. I botched Teal's initial intro, and it was the most embarrassing thing I've been a part of on this show. And luckily we edited it out. Maybe one day we'll release it as like a, as an Easter egg for y'all or something, but you will not be seeing that. But just so you know, um, that's how it all started. And then from there, when, once we redid the intro and then went on with the real conversation, um, things went really well, I think. And I think it was really good, really good chat. And, uh, you know, obviously this is Cody's sister. So it's, uh, the conversation's heavy on like Cody's, you know, childhood upbringing, high school wrestling career, uh, the Peacock documentary, uh, the Dusty Rhodes Foundation, 
Cody lies, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I hope you all enjoy the, uh, the interview. And it was, uh, it was an honor to have Teal as a part of the show. Um, so enjoy the interview. Good to see you, Jeremy. Good to see you all in the chat. And I'm going to go work for the next nine hours. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it as always, Jensen. Oh, also, sorry, really quick. This Saturday morning, Fightful Overbooked, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Myself and SP3 review Heavyweights, the old Disney movie. Heavyweights, me and SP3, join us, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, Fightful Overbooked. All right, see y'all. There you go. All right, bye, Jensen. You can watch that. Yes, SP3 and Steven Jensen reviewing Heavyweights on Fightful Overbooked on Saturday. Um, All right, let's get into it. Creator Spotlight with uh, Teal Rhodes. This was, so Jensen did mess up the intro. Uh, so you can kind of, he, he says later on at, at the end of the interview, I think what he actually says, uh, but you can see as we begin me kind of laughing, Teal gives a round of applause that he, he got it right the second time around. Jensen's never messed up the intro. And uh, I think he was, uh, he was a little shook by the presence of Teal Rhodes. It was a member of the Rhodes family. And I think everyone knows how big of a fan of Cody Rhodes, Steven Jensen is. So the fact that we got a member of the Rhodes family, on the show he was a little if we ever get cody rhodes on this show he will not be able to speak it'll it'll be he will he will have to send me the questions he'll just not be able to speak uh teal was teal was a lot of fun very gracious with her time i to to peel back the curtain a little bit i didn't know what to expect obviously i knew um that she's cody's sister and everything i didn't know how much she would be kind of willing to talk about how much she even wanted to talk about but she she was really fun there's a, a very fun moment of ta- addressing cody lies there's a a story of the the neck tattoo and everything i really enjoyed this conversation with teal and i it's not i i never get nervous or scared for interviews just some interviews i'm like i don't know what we're gonna get out of this person i don't know how much they really want to do this i never think anybody actually wants to talk to us but i just i'm i never know with these interviews. And this was one of those where I'm just like, I don't know, this could go either way. This could be like, this could be good or this could be, Ooh, man, it just wasn't, wasn't a lot there. She just wasn't, uh, or this person just wasn't, you know, willing to talk about a lot of stuff. And it was, or maybe it was just, I don't want to say combative, but I just don't know. Because if you see her on Twitter, she's very, she defends her brother. And I respect that. And I bring that up to her. It's like, I respect how much you like you were ride or die for your brother. So I just didn't know what we were going to get out of this, but it was a lot of fun. Honestly, one of my favorite interviews that we've done. So here we go, everybody. Teal Rhodes, uh, Cody Rhodes' sister, leader of the Dusty Rhodes Foundation. Everyone can check that out. The link's below. Dusty Rhodes Foundation, uh, Teal Rhodes, and the Creator Spotlight. Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, joined as always by Jeremy Lambert and our guest today, is the daughter of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and the sister of my favorite wrestler of all time, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Our <laughs> guest today is Teal Rhodes. How are you doing today, Teal? Thanks for joining us. Sure, thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you guys? We are doing fantastic. Doing Thank fantastic. you for joining us. Yes. Now, this, this week is a big week. Well, we just had SummerSlam, and it was a very big victory for Cody this weekend. Huge. Um, Yes. How are you feeling coming off of this? Um, we, now that he has not only defeated Brock Lesnar in their trilogy, but also now Brock has officially acknowledged him and given him the endorsement as well. Yes. I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I wasn't feeling great about it when he was just getting um, just tossed for like, I mean, back and forth in that match. There was a couple times I was like, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to go, go our way. But, um, you know, he came back and it was a great, I thought it was a great match. 
Yes, I agree. Um, and you know, your mom was there, Michelle. She was a part a part of that and uh, big part of that story. What was that like seeing her as a part of it, and also you being a part of it as well as you know in the crowd during the story too? It's funny because she is the least want to be on camera person that you could ever meet in your whole life. Fame, all of it. She is just so naturally not like that. It's it's funny that she is always right there in the spotlight. But I think she she really liked it. She really wanted him to to win. And um, Brandy's dad, Otis, was sitting with her as well um, in Brandy's hometown. So I thought that was a really cool moment um, for them to share too. Yeah. You, you tweeted afterwards, like you, you always liked Brock Lesnar. Is that, is that true? Brock Lesnar, good guy. Now he's fine. He's fine with everything. Always liked him. I liked the cowboy hat. Always thought that was a good look for him. I like the braid. I mean, I've, I've been a fan. So yeah, just going to totally pretend like all my other tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's it's funny because you know most people who who watch this show know that I was on the same high school wrestling team as Cody back in the day for a couple of years, and it's it's really bizarre seeing this and really cool seeing this for me because I remember Brock being on the show on WWE because I was in high school from '02 to '06. I think Cody had to have been there from like 2000 2004. So like Brock was new in the WWE. So right. I remember us all like talking about him and like the wrestling annex, like he's on TV wrestling Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was wrestling Kurt Angle and stuff. And yeah. like now Cody's wrestling that guy 20 years later, you know, biggest story in the company. Like it's just wild how, how, I mean, 20 years, that guy has had that kind of longevity. And now Cody's like on that level, like of a Brock Lesnar in the company, which is wild. I know it's been, it's just been such a journey for Cody. And there's just been so much like, just fighting for it so much hard work for that spot that he's in and then for Brock still to be at that level um I mean you know people talk about part-time wrestlers but you know Brock is still you know a serious serious dude so it is it's crazy to think um you know how much time's gone by and where Cody's at now and uh you know also I want to piggyback off you mentioning you know being a fan and everything I saw you tweet that you also are a big fan of Logan Paul. And I too am a massive fan of what I'm seeing out of Logan Paul on the WWE television. Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. You know, I, whenever a celebrity comes in or there's a new wrestling, you know, property, I always have um, casting opinions. I always have a lot of opinions about that. Cause I think it's been harder for wrestling you know, performers and fans to be part of the mainstream conversation and entertainment. So I feel like I always kind of, I'm looking at that celeb, like, can they do it? But I think he's been great. I've been really impressed by him. Um, I've never met him in the ring. And, um, you know, he's a, he's a great bad guy. He just has that, that bad, bad dude energy. Last one on SummerSlam, the moment that, Cody did share with Brock. Triple H said it was unplanned. Cody said, like, I thought he was going to hit me. What's going through your mind as they shake hands uh, and you see this? Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a product of an old school wrestling mentality. So I never trust that that is a, a hand raised or a handshake. So 
I didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought, I thought it was really cool. I mean, how, you know, not a lot of people get that kind of respect from someone like a Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yeah. That was an awesome moment. And, um, a real, I mean, there can't really be a bigger endorsement of like, okay, Cody still online. Like he's got to be the guy. Like he, the, the story needs to be finished. Like I am, I am along for this ride. I was very much hoping that was going to happen at WrestleMania this year. A lot of us were, but we're still with him. Like we know it's going to happen. And that is a big vote of confidence seeing what happened at SummerSlam. It was a quiet, sad van ride back from SoFi to the hotel where we were all staying. And it was all of us in the box in one van together. And it was bleak. So um, I think Cody said, you know, there are many pages in a story because, you know, finish the stories become such a thing. But, you know, we're still um, we're still on that that story. And we we do want it finished. We want it finished, you know, as a family, as his sister. Um, I think it would be I think it would be great. Well, you know, obviously the the documentary that just dropped, Becoming Cody Rhodes, a big a big I mean, pretty much the, the focal point of the story is is this in, in this journey of Cody to finish the story and what, what's been the, uh, the reception you've gotten from the documentary, because it, they're saying that it's like the most watched documentary WWE's produced all year. And you were yeah. a big part of that. And like, how's it feel to be a part of that, the whole process and like the reception you've so far out of it. The reception has been amazing. And even um, a lot of fans that had kind of left and come back who came back from Cody or maybe followed him. Um, got people to watch it. And, um, you know, it was a, a long time in the making. So I'm just proud that it's been received so well and that so many people are watching it and some non-wrestling fans, which for us, that's always a big thing is get more fans, get more people to watch, you know, pro wrestling, sports entertainment. But it, it was a great experience doing it. Um, that was a great team. Um, the interviews were were pretty easy, and I thought that um, that it great. And I got my credit for you know the things that I named, and I got my good line in there. So that's that's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything in the documentary that you you had wished um, they they covered a little bit more from whether it was Cody growing up or, or from his career? No, I think if anything, um, we're pretty much an open book, you know, just because of the years in the business. Um, some of the stuff I will say, you know, my dad's, the footage of his service is really hard to watch. And, you know, I knew it was in there, but um, I think we shared just enough because you want to keep some things for yourself. But I think that... Um, the coolest thing that I hadn't seen was some of that um, wrestling footage, the amateur wrestling footage that you talked about in it. Um, they got that from the state. That's not something that we had as a family. So I thought that that was really cool to see. You don't have like footage of Cody wrestling in high school? Not what they showed in the doc. They got that from somewhere else. Um, I might be able to help you out. I still have some VHSs, I think, from then. I might be able to help you out with a little bit that definitely should have some of his matches on there still. I kept, like, all that stuff. I think that we have probably some, like, that old, like, little one that you put in the... I mean, Dusty had some crazy equipment. I'm sure we've got it somewhere, but that's nothing I had ever seen before. So it was cool to see it for the first time. Very cool. And that was also the first time, like when he won the state championship was the first time he was billed as Cody Rhodes on television, which yeah. I, I know is also kind of like a point of contention a little bit too. Like 
when the whole like losing the last name thing was going on, it was like, well, technically, like I was on television as Cody Rhodes before all of this. Yeah. I mean, we had some real gripes that people, you know, after we passed, people really felt like we were in our feelings about a lot of stuff. But there was some stuff that was pretty valid. And the Rhodes thing was obviously, you know, that was a huge one. Yeah, for sure. One thing, one thing that I, I appreciate about you is you, you are very ride or die for your brother. And I didn't have br- brothers and sisters um, gr- growing up, but I really appreciate that you, and I know people might take it the, the wrong way when you, uh, you know, respond on socials or anything, but like, like everyone should have a sister like this, honestly. My big thing is just, you cannot like a performer in my family as a fan that's totally your prerogative but when you are saying things that are not true and you're rewriting that history and that's something that really happened with dusty that cody and i you know it's social media age you can get on there and you could be like actually that is not the truth like people are before the doc came out they were saying oh, well, it's not going to cover this. It's not going to cover that. They hadn't even seen it. So I feel like I will sometimes get into that murkiness. But for the most part, it's it's so much love from fans. But I will set the record straight on some family business. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing that I've been, I've enjoyed as a fan of, of Cody. Um, I've enjoyed seeing all the outpouring love since he's coming back to, to WWE. Like, it seems like... there's always going to be you know that certain sector who's just not going to like anything but for the most part it's all like oh cody cody's fantastic we're so happy that he's here we're so happy that he's back like to to you uh when when he returned and everything what was that moment like for for you watching his return kind of knowing like this is where he wanted to be i really couldn't believe it it was i'm not gonna do the cinema thing but it was (laughs) like i couldn't believe it And there was just all these things that clicked into place, you know, it being in Texas, it being, you know, where he was stardust when he left. I mean, that that last mania that he was on, I mean, it was just this kind of, you know, destiny thing happening. Um, But I thought it was great. And I think it was great to see, you know, how much he'd grown and that he was just presented, you know, with all of the tools that he had kind of, you know, like you see in the doc that he had picked up along the way. Yeah, um, some, some of the stuff also kind of going back to, you know, I know you mentioned you, you wish there was a bit more of like his amateur wrestling and some of the stuff you hadn't seen before, but um, someone I was really happy to see in the documentary was coach Steve Day. He's a guy who's like a real unsung hero and like for a lot of us, like, you know, yeah. he, he taught me a lot and he was a guy, I, he was a guy I was honestly terrified of for the four years I wrestled for right. him. Yeah, there he goes. I mean, Coach Jay looks the same. I don't know (laughs) what kind of program he's on, but I'm definitely in whatever that is. Because when I saw him at the premiere, I hadn't seen him, you know, in maybe like five years or something. And I was like, looks the same. He looks great. Yeah. He does. um, You know, he did a lot to build up uh, wrestling programs in the state of Georgia. So he definitely deserves those props for sure. Yeah, it was awesome to see him as a part of that documentary. And um, 
and something that you know I've I brought up to you um when around the time the I believe it was the A and E documentary came out for Dusty yeah. and you were asking for like memories of Dusty and um something that I think people should know about him that I don't know if I talked about on the show or not before, but um like I just think it's so cool because I know they really try to highlight and Dusty or Cody rather always tries to highlight like how their how their Dusty was for him, like yeah. you know, and for y'all. And um it was one of the coolest things ever that like Dusty would come to our matches and not only just like be there as a fan, he would be like grilling hot dogs with the parents. He'd be like pulling stubs that can add like the tickets yeah. and stuff. Like he would just wanted to be like every other parent and everyone knew who Dusty Rose was. It wasn't like he was like low key, like no one, like it's always just really cool how just like humble and like, he was a like, good dude. So I think people should just know, like he was just like every other parent when he was around. It was really cool. He, he had this thing with the Mannings in football, Archie Manning, how Archie, like, never, like, you didn't see Archie when the Mannings were playing. He was up there somewhere in the stands, and he was always talking about Archie Manning. I was like, what are you talking about? But that's what it was. He really just wanted to be supporting Cody and, you know, watching the matches. And when he first started wrestling, he didn't even know the scoring of amateur wrestling. Like, he didn't really – and he learned – you know, got really into it, you know, as a parent, which was cool. Cody, uh, he's done a, he's done a couple interviews with Fightful recently. And in, in one of the interviews he was talking, uh, he said, your parents had baby books and your baby book is about five books. Oh, have you heard this story? <laughs> I'm not going to do the, the Cody lies, Cody liars. <laughs> either way if that is true or not but he would he would count the pictures of us like the portraiture that was hanging and if there was more of Kristen or Dustin he liked it to be the same he liked it to be <laughs> his baby book is just as big as mine I think the quality of my photos are better um but I think they're the same size. I, I'm going to go on record and saying that is maybe a slight exaggeration. Um, yeah. Okay. That actually is. That's tracks. Yeah. I like you brought that up because one of my questions actually was about Cody lies because I wanted to know if uh, you had any other just good kind of examples of him stretching the truth that come to mind. And then I had another question to piggyback that if you have, after you, you have some of those, it sounds like. Um, we were at an acting school together in LA. Um, I don't know how it got brought up in conversation, but he, um, he told the story basically. Um, he still had like a gap in his teeth that um, my parents didn't get him braces because I needed um, a pageant dress. And that I would only get my dresses made from this like famous robe maker, dressmaker. Um, and he had like a whole backstory for it and everything. And I'm pretty sure he just didn't want braces. I don't, I did have some expensive dresses. So there is truth in that. But um, yeah, I just think he didn't want to get the braces. Yeah, that's funny. The, the, the other question I had for you kind of based around that is, does does do you have any like good like nicknames that Cody's come up for people that he has said to you? Because like 
I just remember in high school, like he always like there was like nicknames for like everything that like those guys would have, and it was always so funny to me. I'll never forget there was a referee who kind of danced around funny, like when he'd be refereeing. So we called him Travolta. Like I just remember little things like that. And I've heard Cody likes to give nicknames if you have any good ones. He does like to give nicknames, but the problem with that is then when you have to meet people in real life (laughs) and like it'll be and my dad did that too he was a big um like the guy who helped us move was red river pete his name wasn't even pete i don't know how that but i thought it was pete um there was yeah i mean they both were big on nicknames i will meet people and i'll be like oh um you know joe whatever and he's like oh my name's charles and i'm like well i didn't know (laughs) <laughs> and that's how he is in the, not like in the phones in the group chats you'll be like you know, who is you know leary bill or whatever it's like you don't you don't know but it's exciting to meet people in person and see how different their names are from the names that are stored in cody's phone that's so funny <laughs> to me I, I am so fascinated by Cody because I listen to a lot of, of Cody interviews and he does a lot of interviews, yeah. but he, he is such a great storyteller and he always adds these little like anecdotes to, to the new stuff. Um, the, the uh, infamous, the, the fuck on me uh, story that, he does, <laughs> that referee. Classic. To fuck. Classic. But that is real. I'm pretty sure that is no lies in that one. No, oh, lies. I, I 100% believe it's real, but like I've heard that story a bunch of times. And then recently, uh, just a few months ago, he's retelling it and he adds this bit that I'd never heard before. It's like, I was snorting protein powder before this match. And I'm like, where is that from? This has not been told before. Oh, okay. There's some new info. Well, you know, memory, sometimes you get older and you remember that you were doing something weird like that. But yeah, he is a great, he is a great storyteller for sure one of my favorite people to cover because all of his interviews are just yeah just fascinating to me with the stories that that he will tell i can just imagine what being around him all all the time would be and i mean you've you've shared some great insight on on the cody lies of it's like are you are you kidding here or or not uh i imagine sometimes it could be tough to decipher yep sometimes it is it's that are you being for real but yeah (laughs) He definitely, he, he's tricky. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to ask about was uh, Rose to the Top. This was, I love this reality show because we got more Cody and Brandy yeah. is one of my favorite like performers. I, I love her as a, as a performer. Never met her, but fantastic performer. Uh, and you were part of that show as well. What was that, what was that experience like? Well, I think we can say that I was the clear star uh, of yes. Rose to the Top, <laughs> I think. Um, Shooting a reality show during COVID protocols was pretty wild for sure. And when we shot the pilot, I mean, it was full on doing the quarantining, all the tests all the time. It was a lot. I will say, um, you know, I don't think reality TV stars get paid enough because those are long shoots. It's long hours. Roast the Top was a lot of fun. I wish that... um, there's a lot of stuff we shot, family stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor. Um, there's a hilarious scene where Cody and Dustin and me and my mom are 
um, Dustin's wife were trying to cook dinner to take to Brandy and it went so off the rails. We shot this thing for like two hours that the producer after was like, yeah, we can't use any of this. But I feel like people would have liked it because um, Dustin's really funny and um, my mom just keeps leaving during, she's all mic'd up and everything to go outside to smoke. She keeps leaving and all these people are like, does she not, you know, mom, we're filming. No, she doesn't care. She did quit smoking. I just want to say that so I don't get in trouble. But um, <laughs> Road to the Top was fun, but it was definitely uh, work. Did, did Rose to the Top uh, and just kind of with the camera being in front of you and then having to do the, the sort of sit down interviews, did that make the, the documentary stuff easier? Not for me, because um, I was kind of burnt out from doing those interviews and some of the subject matter, um, especially for my dad's A&E doc, which also came out, you know, this year, um, we worked really hard on that. It was just that subject matter was so heavy and Rose to the Top was definitely, they wanted that like soapy, you know, reality TV stuff. So it was, it was different. Um, speaking of Dustin a little bit, like what's, what's Dustin's secret? Like the fact that he is still like, he, like he's performing at like the highest level of his career still, it feels like. Dustin's just, you know, obviously I'm biased, but is one of the best, you know, in-ring performers, you know, really in wrestling of all time. And his nickname from Cody is Benjamin Button. He's the Benjamin Button because he's like aging in reverse. Um, and they call him Chicken also, which I think that might be because he has skinny legs. I don't know. But I always call Dustin Goldie, you know. And I did forever. So Dustin's got a lot of nicknames too. But I don't know what his secret is. Maybe I think it's just um, probably clean living. And Dustin works out like a ton. Um, I, I know. Oh, sorry, Jamie. Do you have a question? Oh, I, I have to ask about your, your thoughts on Cody's neck tattoo. And when he got that, what, what you thought of this thing? I found the tattoo artist. I booked the appointment. I <laughs> it was going on his chest but he had the one for our dad I thought he's a grown man he can get a tattoo that's fine and then when we all saw it um yeah we were just I mean it was so big you know when we first saw it that we were like yeah, so I didn't even want to say that because, you know, the feedback early on about the tattoo, now, now it's such a big part. Yeah, you know, now it's iconic, honestly. It is. It is iconic. And, you know, one thing about Cody, we disagree, but he usually ends up being right in the end. But I didn't tell anybody. I, my mom asked, like, no, I can't believe that he did that. I had no idea. Yeah. I think Cody even said, like, I thought it was going to be smaller. Like they put it <laughs> yeah. on and it was like, yeah. I thought it was just going to be small. And then it gets done. It's like, Oh, this is gigantic. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was a day. That was a lot of um, my aunts, you know, the Cuban, uh, the Tia's in Tampa. That was a real lively um, phone tree. Like when there's an emergency, it activates the phone tree. Usually that classified under emergency, 
text chain. Yeah. This is again the the brilliance of Cody in that like we all see this thing. It's like, oh, what is what is that thing on his neck? And now, as we just mentioned, like now it's the giant CGI during his entrance, and like yeah. the logo is everywhere. It's like he has turned this into the biggest positive I have yeah. ever seen. And well, I don't know how many people can do that. Well, um, yeah, sorry. They have it on their hats and their backpacks. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Jensen, yeah, Jensen's got all the, the got Cody. The hat, got the got the they got the nightmare family uh shades and everything here. So I'm oh I'm wearing a Cody Rhodes. Uh, you gotta do the work. See the the they got you got you gotta do the work to me is the new MTXE. Like that's how I always, you know, I, I that MTXE was our high school wrestling you know, slogan. So I I and, and also it feels like it's very much the new um the new like uh never give up like the cody very much feels like he is the new for the kids like no one else is staying around that i've ever seen like this for half hours after the show is well out of everything shutting down taking pictures with people signing autographs for people so it's just really cool so yes i love that i love that logo absolutely cody would stay out there all night he would as long as you know somebody was out there waiting for him he would stay out there all night and you know, I know that he's tired and being on the road and stuff, but that's something I know for certain that he genuinely enjoys. Um, something else we, we wanted to talk to you about tonight, you know, for sure was the Dusty Rhodes Foundation as well. Um, can you please tell us all about that and like everything people can do to like get involved? Yes. So we started the Dusty Rhodes Foundation. We've been going a little over a year now. Um, you can find us at DustyRoadsFoundation.org, and you can find us at the Dusty Roads Foundation on Instagram. Um, we we would love people to get involved. What we're doing is we're not keeping any fees. You know, your donation is totally tax deductible. All of the people that have signed for us that have done these cons and stuff have done it um, on their own dollar. So, you know, they've donated that to us. Some of our partners like WrestleCon, this last one that Brandy did, they donated the booth for us. So we're just trying to fill those gaps in communities where, um, I mean, sports, like everything's so expensive now, but sports, people are just getting priced out of, of sports. And it's, we really think it's a shame. And, my dad was so big on youth sports being a way for kids, not only to stay out of trouble, but to learn some life skills. And I mean, we've given to a wrestling program, you know, we'll do baseball, we'll sponsor kids just to play like um, rec basketball leagues. Um, obviously Brandy just did an awesome organization in Detroit called Dream Skate Academy, where they, um, teach, you know, these inner city kids, um, not only how to ice skate, but they, you know, give them the time on the ice and that's really expensive for people. Um, so we've definitely diversified, but any money that we're getting, um, besides the fees that like, you know, our PayPal or, you know, um, pro wrestling tees takes, which isn't a lot. They also give us an awesome break on our merch, um, goes right to already vetted, awesome youth sports organizations all over the country. Guys, the, the link to uh, check out the, the Dusty Rhodes Foundation is in the, the link below or in the yeah, in the description below. So everyone can click that link there and, you know, go go donate, learn more about it as well. Uh, they, they got a website set up. So, yeah, go go support the, the foundation and the youth sports. Um, yeah. Jill, our last one that, that we ask everybody, uh, the favorite thing you have or the coolest thing, coolest or favorite thing you have in your room. In my room? 
Yeah, we'll I, it could be in the room in your you're house. in. Like, yeah. But if you can get it for us, even better. But like, if it's like a hassle, you can just tell us about it. Okay, I have two good things in this room. Okay. Uh, you know, Cody obviously tells the story about the Rolex that my dad sold. I have the the other piece, which is my mom's Rolex, which he bought her. And when I think he won the world title, I'm not sure which time he put the diamonds on the bezel. So this is the one half of the famous Rhodes Rolex that we now know, you know, was sold. And then this little guy I have here, this little dusty gnome um, is something that Justin and his lovely wife, Terrell, gave all of us. And for different holidays, we put like a Santa hat on it or like, and it's just kind of like a cool little thing to have. Um, the kids like to, you know, put different stuff on it. Um, and it's just a nice reminder, you know, that it's, you know, polka dot gnome, you know, not to take everything so serious. That's awesome. That gnome is sweet. <laughs> yes. I love Till, it. Th Till, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Let everyone know where they, where they can find you at, where they can uh, support you at. And again, uh, plug the Dusty Rhodes Foundation again. Yes, thank you guys so much, both of you, for having me um, and letting me chat. Um, I'm at Twitter, at Teal Margaret, and you can find the Dusty Roads Foundation on Instagram and online at thedustyroadsfoundation.org, and you can find the Dusty Roads merch on Pro Wrestling Tees. And we're going to have some new merch um, coming out soon. There so you go. And again, letting me talk about the foundation and um, some other fun roads nicknames <laughs> yes for sure make sure to check out the documentary on peacock as well the becoming uh cody rhodes american nightmare documentary so thank you so much for joining us we're really looking forward to this people will not see the intro that i messed up we're gonna edit it out <laughs> but i'm gonna tell everybody I tell everybody right now you can feel the excitement in that intro and we, we me and jeremy know and it'll just be for the three of us yes, yes. Yes, I'll release it as a blooper one day. Uh, it, when we do the the documentary on this show, uh, we'll release that footage. That's till, yeah. till. Thank you so much for joining us again, guys. The links are below in the description to uh, go and support Teal and go and support the Dusty Roads Foundation. Thank you again, Teal. We really, we really appreciate it. Go watch uh, American Nightmare: Becoming Cody Rhodes on Peacock if you have not seen that yet. Oh, go ahead. Or no, I was going to say, or watch it again. Maybe you already watched yes. it. Yes. The the numbers, Cody wants uh somebody to leak the numbers. Maybe somebody will leak the numbers of how well the documentary is actually I doing. Leak his merch numbers because I keep seeing uh really wrong merch stuff and I am petty like that. Where I'm yeah. like, <laughs> hey, I'm with you, Teal. There's absolutely no way that LA Knight is outselling Cody Rhodes. I'm gonna put it out there right now for everybody. But there's in just rest journalism there's some stories that I, I see every day i like ally knight i think he's awesome but i see some crazy stuff that is just made up but i kind of do want to leak the merch numbers because they're insane <laughs> It's all it just leak the merch numbers from yeah. jensen he's got every piece of merch there I go. is on your your body right now i mean <laughs> The proof is in is in the pudding. It's it's Stevens wearing it. Yes, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you again, Teal. We really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for watching the interview, and we will be right back here on. 
We are back. Big thank you to Teal Rhodes for joining us in the creator spotlight. A lot of fun addressing Cody lies. Come on. You can't get better than that. And revealing that she booked, she booked the infamous neck tattoo appointment. It was all her. She didn't know what she was getting herself into with that. A lot of fun with Teal Rhodes. Everyone go check out the, uh, the links below with uh, Dusty Rhodes Foundation. Um, the, the merchandise link is there as well, um, along with the front page of the foundation. And you can follow Teal on social media if you would like to do that as well. Guys, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. We appreciate the super chats. We appreciate the comments. We appreciate the thumbs up, everything, everyone who has joined us here on the show this morning. We'll be back next week. Um, another new interview talking more in the world of professional wrestling. We have a new episode of in the weeds tomorrow, fight overbooked.com in the weeds, uh, from 10 AM Eastern to noon Eastern myself and Joel Pearl talking everything happening in, in wrestling on that show, uh, head over to fight tag talk was back. Tag talk was back this week. We have uh, coexisting with Robin Maggie tomorrow at 3 PM Eastern. We have indeed indeed was live last night with, uh, Mike and Righteous Reg, and just a lot of stuff going on on Fightful Overbooked. So go over there, subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. All of our contributors, supporters, uh, all of our content creators and contributors, we want to make sure they continue to get a little money out of that out of that venture. So we appreciate all the support of Fightful Overbooked. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Five, best $5 in the business. $5 in the business, but the best five dollars in the business go to fightful.com read all the news read all the headlines read all the fun stuff that we're doing thank you again guys we'll be back next week talk to y'all then goodbye everybody